Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Joey Calvez. I want to tell you guys a little bit about the Department of Metahuman Affairs. This one is a story about a team led by a retired sidekick, two felons, a failed actor from Broadway, and a reprogrammed cyborg. But their first mission is to stop the criminals who have robbed a bank, and they will have to set the world at ease. You're going to get 180 pages of entertainment action-packed awesomeness right here in the first six issues in a collected hardcover volume one all you got to do is head on over to kickstarter.com and type in the department of metahuman affairs or dma and check it out right now age of radio stinky smell it Stinky, stinky, smelly puppy. Oh, he's so stinky. 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 Smelly. Stinky puppy. Stinky, smelly puppy. That's an interesting stinky. soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, Drew, what's up? Hey! <laughs> Welcome to the soundtrack of our lives. Stinky puppy. Stinky, smelly puppy. <laughs> we have a lot of degrading songs about our pets. <laughs> It's all right. I am it's... a Kanto. I have inside me all the stinks. <laughs> We've been watching the Highlander in the series. Oh, yeah. Uh... Here we are. Born to be kings. It has to be like, it's definitely in my top three song, uh, Queen songs. Oh, oh, it's up there. Yeah, yeah. definitely. It's, it's in my top three probably for... Uh, uh, movies, or uh, sorry, uh, TV like uh, theme songs. Theme songs, absolutely. <laughs> oh yeah, because it's just it's awesome, and it actually it does what theme songs used to do. They they literally tell the story of what the show is. <laughs> I was born four hundred years ago in the Highlands of Scotland. <laughs> I am immortal. I am not alone. Now is the time of the gathering where a swing of the blade can unleash the quickening. Well, In I, the I, end, I, I, there can be only one. I always love just like the, the lines where it's like, you know, um, here we are, born to be kings. We're the princes of the universe. Um, yeah. Here we belong. Take me to your future. <laughs> Take me to the future of you all. Yeah. Right. I mean, like, that's the thing. It's like they, they know they're immortal. They know they're not going to die. And they will... If they don't want to, like, you know, draw attention to themselves, like, they can be, they can be in power for a short time and then kind of just sequester themselves away for a while and then re-pop up another, you know, 75 years. Yeah. yeah. So my one bone to pick is, uh, <laughs> is he says uh, he has no rival. I would argue they have nothing but rivals. Well, see, that was recorded before the gathering, when when every time their spidey sense goes off, it's oh shit, where's my sword? Like, <laughs> Luckily, it's down my pants. <laughs> is, is the I have line... no rivals. No man can be equal. Like I get, no man can be equal to an immortal. But definitely, immortals have nothing but rivals. Right. Okay, so is the is the line I have no rival or I I am your rival? No, I have oh, no rival. I am your rival, but no man can be my equal. Like I. I I have no rival. No man can be my equal. Because I'm just is... thinking of like Steve's version of like he's immortal. It's like, <laughs> I am immortal. Okay. I think so, I'll have another drink. <laughs> so, so maybe, maybe this is kind of that same thing with like Lord of the Rings where 
the witch king says, fool, no man can kill me. And you're like, that's right, bitch, because a hobbit's going to do it. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, like, or I get... Or one of those uh, female men. Yeah, so, so I totally get, like, no man can be my equal, but the, like, I have no rival... That's the part I have the bone to pick. <laughs> maybe it's maybe it's like the cockiness of the immortal, where they say where it's kind of like you know because really they have no challenger, they have no rivals until another immortal actually comes to challenge them, and then at that yeah. point, most of the immortals are like, "All right, bitch, let's do this." Yeah, so that's my my only bone to pick with that whole thing is that <laughs> they have plenty of rivals. <laughs> I have no rivals except for maybe once a week. <laughs> I was gonna, yeah, like they have no rivals until one shows up. Or if you're, you know, you're kind of like, uh, if you're like Mythos and you're like, I don't want to fight. I just want to live, read my books and uh, stay in my, my chateau. We're, we're not to Mythos yet, but okay. uh, we're, we're still super early. We just yeah, finished just start, season one. Yeah, just started uh, season two we where just, the, we, the Watcher we, guys come in. We, we just lost Darius. Okay. Darius! <laughs> We've got the watchers. We we just got the second intro, but he is immortal. Gotcha. By the way, I imagine Queen like updating the song for like Highlander Two, and it's like, and we're probably aliens or something like that. I don't know. So I look and wonder if that's like the Take Me to the Future of You All, because the in the Renegade cut they're like from the past or whatever. Like uh, I don't know. I wonder well, if that, that song was recorded to... in '86. So. I like to pretend and, uh, that it's got some time. I've got some bad news. Freddie Mercury didn't record another song after '91. <laughs> oh no! He went into hiding. Let's say he's not that much of a draw anymore. <laughs> he has no rivals. <laughs> it's it's not till season three you're going to get to one of my favorite episodes. Um, okay. Have you have you watched like the series in its entirety before? Back when it was on like USA, back right when, after okay. Renegade and stuff. So I mean, it's yeah. not really it's not spoiling anything, but like it's the episode where you have the child immortal. Oh, see, okay, okay, this is this we, is something we've been... we we we're like okay, so vampires. So there's like a Kirsten Dunst yeah. interview with a vampire. I mean, right? yeah, because they're yeah. the age they are, like when, when, when they first died. Like, so there's right, got to exactly. be a bunch of like old, like old people. Yeah, there's like an 88 year old guy, like, oh fuck, well, <laughs> I'm gonna be in this body for eternity. Just take the, my yeah, head, and and that's kind of the thing where, like, they don't really. I mean, they they could always have like you know the the spidey sense tingling around them, and most immortals are probably looking for young, virile, like you know, in shape people who have kind of kept. Uh, on guard for <laughs> centuries they're not looking for like you know the you know 85 geriatric oh shit I just, uh, i'm just picturing like uh burgess meredith guesting on episode adrian <laughs> right. paul walks up he's like excuse me sir do you uh do you know of anyone here that's of uh incredible athleticism like, yeah yeah but that cocksucker over there turns around burgess meredith takes his head <laughs> roll credits <laughs> There can only be one. There can only be one, and he throws a fistful of bacon in his well, mouth. And then I wonder, like, how many like fetal immortals are like no, rolling no. in graves because uh, their moms died before they were born? That's... Oh, you would think of the dead babies, wouldn't <laughs> oh, man, you? That's, that's awful. Babies I mean... being buried six feet under, screaming. Yeah, and then like two thousand years later, somebody's like plowing, and this little fetus comes oh, up. Oh God, what is wrong with you? <laughs> like don't give me options if you're not like don't give don't just give me these big ass rules like tell me like oh yeah it doesn't kick in till they're six yeah 
Yeah, once they uh, learn their ABCs or abattoirs or whatever it is. In yeah, so I, I know that the youngest immortal we come across ever is in this episode, and they're they're ten. Okay. But of course, but of course, the child actor is I think like maybe he might be twelve. But yeah. either way, he's but um, <laughs> he's yeah. played by the guy that played uh, Ezekiel in Children of the Corn or whatever. <laughs> he's really uh, like forty six. <laughs> I'm just really small. Fuck you. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> <All right. laughs> Welcome to the Highlander Minute. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, is that what we're going to have to do for our Patreon exclusives? A little, like, three-minute episodes? Like, what happened this one? Okay, so Joan Jett showed up, and that was distracting. Uh... <laughs> it's it's all right, Steve. We're, we're not going to get to the cat mysteries. We probably won't get to Highlander either. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to get to the cat mysteries eventually, but we are just all such busy people. I know. Well, and then, like, your slow time of the year is my busiest time of the year, and vice versa. Mm. <sighs> C'est la vie. C'est la vie. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's like they say, there can only be one. <laughs> By the way, how are you doing, Mr. Drew? I'm alright. I, um, I unfortunately had to return Sam this morning. Oh, oh it's just not working out. It, Frodo, uh, the the defining moment was kind of the other night where I, I tried to do the food association, you know, with, mm-hmm. with Sam, where it's like, hey, if you're eating food you like and you can see the kitty, f- food good, k- kitten good. And um, Sam kind of like appeared <laughs> up to the glass <laughs> while Frodo was eating a treat and Frodo like kind of jumped back, hissed. And he immediately like batted at the glass, mm. and I was like, "If I leave them alone, he's gonna kill yeah. him." And I think that's just the thing where um, Frodo is just—he's too used to being king of the castle for the last four years, and yeah, that's just that's just kind of it now. And I've kind of the, come to the realization where uh, I can get a new pet in ten to fourteen years. When, <laughs> when, Frodo, when Frodo finally uh, passes. Unless he is immortal. He has inside gonna, him all I was going to say, Drew, I feel like you have luck like I do, and he's going to live to be Mr. Pickles' age. By the way, yeah. Mr. Pickles is 22 this year. You know, if we get Frodo and Pickles in the same room, their little <laughs> sense is going to go off, and they're just going to be looking around like, ah, ah. Frodo's just, yeah, he, he secretly has... The One Ring, and so he's just going to be young for the next hundred years. I am Pickles of the Clan Pickles! (laughs) Oh, Pickles McLeod. Pickles Cage McLeod. I am am Pickles McLeod of the Clan McLeod. Of the Cat McLeod. Well, Drew... My apology, like, I'm sorry, and you know what, like, I this is going to sound dumb, but I'm really proud of you. That's a really hard decision to make. It was, I I was more emotional about it than I really thought, because um, it had finally happened. Like, I know it's a kitten, so I think it kind of just goes along with being kitten, but I had finally found the cuddle bug that I was desperately wanting, and... uh, 
yeah like it, like i kind of had bonded with him just early on and like yeah. even just going into the office where i had like sequestered him from the bathroom to the office i was sitting down and i was playing some world of warcraft with jack and it was it was almost perfect like sam was like sitting on my lap at one point and watching the tv screen while i was playing oh, oh, and i'm oh. like are you watching me play video games are you interested in me playing video games this? <laughs> this is What's this? this is perfect and <laughs> And it's funny because then I'll come out and, of course, Frodo will not like me. But one day, like, I hadn't even seen Sam yet. And I just, like, was watching Frodo. And he was dead-eyeing the glass door. And I just looked at him. And I was like, Frodo, Frodo. And he looked at me. And I was like, you ruin everything. (laughs) (laughs) But he trilled at you. (laughs) Trills Trills are kind of cat for, like, I love you and I trust you. And I'm willing to make up a secret language with you. I think he just recognized his name. <laughs> no, no, but the, the, the little... <laughs> those kind of meows, those are just for, like, like familiars. Those are, that's just for family. Well, I'm the only one he... Well, okay, that's... I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the most constant person that he sees. He's usually really trepidatious about people coming over, but within about 10 minutes, if you're just sitting down and talking... He'll come out and he'll present his butt to you for scratches, and then oh, scratches. then he's then he's fine. <laughs> oh, well, if we ever come to visit, do not be offended if he curls up in Steve's lap because Ugh. Steve does not want animals' love, and animals know this, and therefore every animal must be in that's his lap. What, that's what cats do. Cats oh, will yeah. find cats, and sometimes dogs, but I've seen it more with cats. Cats will find the people that want nothing to do with them. And they're just like, well, tough shit. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Meanwhile, I'm over here like full Elmira, like, love me! <laughs> it's just that, right. it's that same, it's the same meme from Hereditary. It's just like, I am your mother! <laughs> exactly. Oh, I scared the shit out of Steve one night. There were, we were coming home from a date in front, and we went to his apartment when he was still living in the Presidio in San Francisco. Oh. And they, in the Presidio in San Francisco, they had raccoons that were literally 45 pounds. They were the size of a pit bull. I'm not even exaggerating. That's a a chunky boy. They're well fed. Yeah. They're huge. They're bears. Um, And they were between the cars and the door to the apartment. And I was like, excuse me, Steve, I'm going to scare off the raccoons. He's like, what are you going to do? I ran at them and I was like, kitties! And you've never seen animals move faster. Oh my god. It's like they escaped into the shadows to get away from it. Like, no! Portal! Meanwhile, we found out later that night, one straight up knocked on his neighbor Jay's door. <laughs> Jay opened the door, and the raccoon tried to push past Jay to go no. fight with Jay's dog. Yeah. No. <laughs> but yeah, they, they, yeah, so they also learned how to knock on doors like a person. Because they figured out that people will open doors. <laughs> like, oh, that must be my Grubhub delivery or whatever. Oh, that's uh-uh. for raccoons. So, like, it was very much like, check the people. If you don't see somebody, go in the kitchen and check out the kitchen window. Because oh, it might no. just be a raccoon. <laughs> what the hell? That's or crazy. the Steve method, just start blasting. <laughs> Did you ever have to kick a raccoon to get out the door? No. Yeah, I was no. saying, I think they mostly no, no, wanted to go pick fights with Micah. Yeah, you like turn the knob or whatever, you hear like little scurrying, you give it like a two Mississippi, and then you open and they're gone. <laughs> Jay was like, yeah, knock at the door, I just answered the door, thinking one of my drunk roommates forgot their keys. Nope, raccoon tries to push past me to get to my dog. 
And she's a was a boxer lab mix and they were almost her size. Oh, that's frightening. <laughs> but yeah, a screaming kitty and running at raccoons scares them away. Fun facts. Good. Fun facts. <laughs> weird facts. Super weird. <laughs> Is he That's fun? right, guys. If you have a, a rabid wolverine or some sort of bear oh, no. in your rabid area, animals. go running at him like Elmira and see what happens. <laughs> rabid animals you don't mess with. Rabid animals have brain damage. All animals look rabid to me. Mm, Man- we need to go mangy, over the mangy little creatures. Mange is not rabies, babe. We we need to talk about animals. They're all diseases. diseased. Even the deer out there. I know. I don't go chasing after them. I just start blasting. <laughs> mange is when they're naked and people can catch mange. Mm. Makes your hair fall out. They're mites. Ew. Yeah, yep. it's really yep. gross. But it's curable. Yeah, yet another reason Steve just starts blasting. Rabies is a neurological <laughs> brain disorder and they will foam and they will sort of walk in circles and they will attack because they're just sort of on their primal, I don't feel good instincts. Mm. Old yeller. I- I've seen beta breakers in San Francisco. I think. I... <laughs> I think I oh no, I've been exposed to rabies. <laughs> okay, what's Drunken more? Drunken rabies. What's more debauchery? Uh, beta breakers or SantaCon? Oh. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, there was only the one time we found the Santa Claus outfit just lying in the middle of the grass field. After we saw the serial killer Santa. <laughs> yeah, that was. All right, so you guys, you guys want Christmas to be ruined forever? Uh, Visit San Francisco the day after SantaCon, the uh, Santa dress up as Santa bar crawl. People dump their costumes. Uh, homeless people with lots of uh, mental illness and low washing skills find the costumes and wear them all morning. Oh no! And then pass out in the gutters next oh, to the no. people who were drinking too much. So many drunken Santas. <laughs> That's right. San Francisco, the jewel of the Pacific uh, no, West. No, no, nobody has ever said that. Seattle, The city baby. by the bay. It's uh, the bridge. If you're going <laughs> to San Francisco, be sure to pack your mace. I carried bear mace the whole time I lived in San Francisco. You'll never get away with this. Bears. Also... Everybody out there who even knows me a little bit, guys, I never once maced myself. Not once in a decade. Have you maced your food, though? No! You, you paused. Oh, I, I never maced myself. You, I never maced my bag. I never maced anyone unintentionally. Your your pause, Izzy, was all like, I never maced myself. Until. <laughs> <laughs> that didn't count. No. <laughs> <laughs> nope. For realsies, this girl never maced herself and actually never actually maced anyone directly. I maced in front of a guy who was coming at me. Uh, you just put up a mace cloud, like, crush like, fucker. So it was like, because the bear mace is more of like a gel and it has flex of metal in it. Yeah. I maced like the, the ground. It's made for shooting like 20 feet uh, like away from you. <laughs> yeah. Just to show that it's loaded, like cross the line, fucker. Pretty much. And then he coughed and ran off. Mm. <laughs> Because that's what. Here's the thing: when you spray mace, you're macing everyone. It's that's not really like true. it's like, like if if you watch police officers and like you know the internet videos when they spray pepper spray, if they are like you know trying to restrain a person and they spray them, like you're spraying yourself as well. Yeah. Oh yeah. There's yeah, yeah. there's no getting away from that. It, it's in the air. They, and it's weapon. There's also why they like aim then like look away with the hand right. up blocking the back of their head or whatever right. just in case and and they just kind of like ah like start stepping away <laughs> firing blindly 
Yeah. <laughs> not, and then like, oh wait, I was supposed to do that with mace, not with my nine millimeter. Oh god. <laughs> Cops, right? All right. All right, we're ready. Let's do this. 20 minutes later. After a lifetime in the public eye, Former First Lady Tess Carlisle retired to her Ohio home. But she did not go quietly. What do we look like? Waiters? Are we a bunch of waiters? Just ask the Secret Service agent. I can't do three more years of this. Guarding Tess. We are going to the opera in Columbus. Mrs. Carlisle, that emergency alarm is abused. That alarm belongs to me and I will use it by God any time I see fit. How is she these days? What's she like? I guess you could say she's several different personalities in one. One of her personalities called the White House last night and asked the president if he could arrange for you to stay on with her. The president. We are not leaving this house until you are seated properly with your seatbelt firmly fastened. Nope. It's the worst assignment there is. I need a price check and Lasour baby peas. They're on special today, two for 59. Copy that, Doug, but I believe we've lost interest in peas. Repeat, lost interest in peas. Do be kind enough to get my ball. I'm a Secret Service agent, Mrs. Carlisle. Not a caddy. I told her. You want that ball, you go funny yourself. Come on. What are you, crazy? I'd be very careful if I were you, agent. Don't telephone. Please hold for the president. How are you? I'm, I'm fine, and you? Well, I'm not too good. I'm having a damn test Carlisle problem. Maybe you and I know what a pain in the butt she is, but this one is a national treasure. I wouldn't tick her off. A couple of more phone calls to the White House and you'll be... Guarding my dog. You understand what I'm saying? So. She took off! Tell them they're just out joyriding again. It's not a problem. Seven well-trained, heavily armed men can't take care of one little old lady. Damn! You should have a martini. You should, better yet, give a tired old widow a break. Shirley McLean, with all due respect, why me? Because I like the Douglas. Please hold for the president. Nicholas Cage. I don't get it myself. One day she calls me, says she can't live without you. Next day she's calling almost in tears. You know, maybe you two have some kind of sicko thing going on. No, 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 sir, no, sir. Guarding Tess. I'm counting on you and so's the country. Yeah. yeah! Ladies and gentlemen, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And this is everything i learned from movies and tonight oh tonight oh we are continuing nick august cage <laughs> with 1994's guarding tests oh yeah oh but babe we're not alone for this one what i know <laughs> in case you didn't know from stuff steve's probably gonna leave in the opening uh we have drew from the real Fills podcast welcome drew uh, that's special podcaster in charge, Drew from the Real Fills podcast. <laughs> the SPIC. Wait a minute. <laughs> the Drew Shine himself. That's right. Mm. Hashtag Drew Shine. <laughs> there was only so much Drew Shine Drew could do this year. You know what? Drew Drew made wise choices. That's right. Drew Drew did make wise choices. He still tried to. Uh, he still tried to make it. He he did for a short time. 
<laughs> Stephen, as he took a few Drew Shine shots for it, Drew, though. That's right. Yay! Woo! That's we finished Drew off... for the Cure. Check it out next May. Woo! Yeah, we just. <laughs> I think we have like one shot left of our uh, Brennan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, shit, you wouldn't know. On that note, Steve. Note, yeah. <laughs> all right. We have from Uinta Brewing the Summer IPA. Ooh. Yeah. It is 5% alcohol by volume. For best flavor, enjoy in a glass. Well, I will. But don't take Uinta's <laughs> advice of uh, forget the map packing, packing the Uinta. Yeah, that's this horrible thing... advice, Uinta. <laughs> also, depending on just which way you hold it, this thing's like the worst compass ever. It has the compass around the front. Yeah, the top. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See north, south. Yeah. But see, north could be facing me, but now north is facing you. And now north is facing <laughs> the dog. Now north is facing the window. Which way is it? Well, see, you have to magnetize the tab. Or, or just open it. You could open that can. Nice. And the pour. Yeah. Ooh, let me get that dog hair out before I finish. <laughs> but the rest for, of the pour. That's for fiber. Yeah, right. <laughs> it's the secret sauce. <laughs> that's the mm. apostrophe in summer. S U M apostrophe R IPA. Mmm. It smells like a brewery. Like Ooh, yeah. it's really. F- it smells like really fresh hops, like piney. Um. You oh, wow. smell a little bit of the graininess. Yeah, it's not bad at all. Yeah, got the pine. Mm-hmm. A little bit of citrus in there. But yeah, just... Yeah, nice, easy breezy kind of IPA. Like, definitely on yeah. the hoppier end, but... But not take not, the enamel off your yeah, teeth. Not make, not make you cry. Like, you could definitely have a second or third or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, uh, like, about as hoppy as, like, a Sierra Nevada Pale Ale, but not quite yeah. as hoppy as a Torpedo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Oh, me oh you'd like more? some more? Absolutely. Drew, are you drinking anything on your end? Oh, I got a, I got a nice cold glass of water. Oh, he's going hard, people. <laughs> going hard. Hard. <laughs> Didn't say he had ice in there, though. I don't know. That's <laughs> not that hard. <laughs> no, ice is literally hard. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> literally. Science. Hmm. <laughs> So yeah, 1994's Guarding Tess. Uh, Drew, was this your first time watching uh, this movie? No, it is not. I I greatly enjoy this film. I've seen it uh, quite a few times. Nice. How about you, babe? I have seen this uh, quite a few times. Uh, this was one of my mom's favorite movies. Nancy loves this movie. Shout out to Nancy! Hey. This was my second time watching it, and first time hey. was like last year, maybe, when oh, we watched right. it. Oh, that's right! You hadn't seen it! Yeah. I, I, like, heard of it, but, yeah, this wasn't the Nicolas Cage movie I was going to watch in the 90s. Come on. I know. This is... <laughs> All right, I'm going to put this right out there. Guys, I like this movie, but this movie is... This movie is a great movie to take your grandma to see. Mm-hmm. Like, it's very inoffensive. It has really, really great character uh, portrayals by everyone in it, but it's not lighting things on fire and flaming doves. It's a uh, Driving Miss Daisy Meets Drive Angry. Driving Miss Angry. Yeah, it's it's Driving Miss Daisy with a little bit of an edge and slightly less racism. Slightly less. Well, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Look, just because you think that one guy's Barack Obama doesn't make him Barack Obama. (laughs) Look, guys, Harry Lennox was going to play Barack Obama one day. (laughs) Mark my fucking words. (laughs) I was going to say, like, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it is a very decent film to take. 
you know, m maybe your parents, if they are of an older generation, definitely your grandparents. It's PG-13, but it's only PG-13 for, you know, random little uses of uh, cursing. And that's really it. And you know and what kidnapping. it is? It's, it's because it has, it's because it has danger. the one F-bomb. And smoking. <laughs> oh, yeah, historical smoking. That's right. You could still smoke in the 90s, babe. I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, with the PG theory about smoking, I'm like, oh, <laughs> my pearls. <laughs> my favorite is like, so what, like, not really American cartoons, but like when I was in high school, when uh, when California was really cracking down on that, watched right. a lot of animes <laughs> where characters were like were like smokers, and they would have like the daytime versions where they just like blurred out the cigarette but they didn't bother blurring out the <laughs> they blurred it's like was he putting a cock in his mouth it seems to be on fire yeah <laughs> it's like so fucking oh obvious and, uh, <laughs> who are we fooling <laughs> in the Spielberg updates he's putting a walkie talkie in his mouth and smoking <laughs> pretty much <laughs> guys sometimes censorship just makes the mind wander all right that's all we're saying <laughs> Look, i'm just saying i grew up with a lot of uh, gosh darn melon farmers <laughs> <laughs> uh but from writer director hugh wilson who's he steve oh i'm glad you asked uh he's the creator of wkrp in cincinnati speaking of hot themes i did I've seen a few episodes when I was a kid. I I think it, it was like just in syndication there in the yeah mid eighties. Uh, I I think it stopped in like eighty two or something like that. But, uh, but you've definitely seen his feature debut, <clears throat> Police Academy. Yeah. Oh shit. Yeah. You've also seen his follow up to that, Rustler's Rhapsody. Oh shit. Yeah, Tom Berenger in a western parody. Drew, have you seen uh, Rustler's Rhapsody? No, I've heard of it, though. I think you'd Highly like it. recommend. Yeah, check it out. Uh, and then Burglar, starring Whoopi Goldberg. Mm -hmm. I haven't seen I've, that. I've recently watched that. Oh, was it good? It was okay. Uh, I, I do enjoy the fact that there's little instances where Whoopi is trying to get out of uh, almost being caught in certain circumstances, and those are actually humorous situations. Nice. Steve, I got it. Janu Whoopi. <laughs> no. Janu Whoopi. But babe, we've already done Theodore Rex. He was only in like two other movies, right? Looks over IMDb. Fuck. <laughs> Actually, Whoopi? yeah, we've done a few Whoopi movies. She was in um, uh, Monkey Bone. Mm -hmm. uh, <laughs> yeah, wasn't... Have we done her basketball one? Eddie, no, not yet. Okay, we just talked about it. <laughs> We've talked about doing it for a while. Because we're going to do sports month. That's right. Oh, that's right. We're going to do sports temper. Yeah. Spoiler alerts for next year. Yeah, but after uh, Burglar, uh, Mr. Wilson did this. First Wives Club. All right. Okay, that makes sense. Dudley Do-Right. Oh, Brendan shit. Frazier. I kind of love that. That movie is awful. That movie is 100% terrible. And I kind of <laughs> love it. How dare you. Blast from the past. Yeah, Blast from the Past and uh, Mickey, whatever that is. So, um, so I would fire. I would say that I, I, it's also impressive not only for the directorials of these films, but also he was also the writer for the screenplays for oh. a lot of these. So like Blast from the Past, Dudley Do-Right, Guarding Tess, Police Academy, which also I would have expected Guarding Tess to be slightly funnier than what it was, especially with the comedy, though... I wouldn't expect the crudeness 
uh, to kind of, I don't know, like bleed in a little bit. I definitely feel like this movie was for like a target market and it was my grandmother. Well, you <laughs> well, say the follow up to this was First Wives Club. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, it's 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 uh, it's put out as a as a OK, so it's a, it's a dramedy. It is. Yeah, absolutely. But absolutely. Yeah. I when I hear dramedy, I know there's going to be dramatic aspects, but I also expect that maybe there's going to be more laughter to kind of compensate for whatever the dramatics are going to be. Yeah. Well, and okay, so there's another writer, PJ Torek, Uh Here, here are the credits: uh, 29 episodes of WKRP, Real Genius, Back to School, Armed and Dangerous, Caddyshack Two, This, and Hostage for a Day. Which, for those who don't remember, is a suburban uh, family or a suburbanite fakes his kidnapping in order to rid himself of his abusive wife. But when real kidnappers show up to collect the ransom, the police get involved uh, with a thorough investigation starring John Candy, George Went, and John Vernon. Oh That's, my. That sounds hilarious. Right? Oh my. So yeah, also sounds hilarious and, uh, you know, a little bit of kidnapping and stuff in there. So <laughs> yeah. But of course, the reason we're all here, starring Sir Nicholas Cage Woo! as... Doug Chesnick. But he kept saying Doug Chestnut. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Everyone Did, else was what? calling him, him. He kept saying Chestnut. Okay. Right. If you say so. <laughs> <sighs> maybe, uh, it's, maybe it's the fact that I watch it with subtitles and I, I kept reading Chestnick. And so it just, I didn't hear Chestnut. Yeah, I was hearing like Chesney or something, so I had to look it up. But <laughs> Kenny yeah. Chesney? Exactly. His brother Doug. His Canadian brother Doug. Oh! <laughs> and uh, Shirley MacLaine as Tess Carlyle. Uh, Austin Pendleton as Earl Fowler. Uh, James Reborn. Edward Albert. Uh, David Graff. Good old Tackleberry. Uh, he's yeah. in there. Uh, Harry Lennox as Barack Obama. And... <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, he's one of those. And Noble Willingham as the Sheriff. Oh, you can't forget Richard Griffiths, you know, Uncle Vernon. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah and uh, Susan Susan Blomert, who I recognize her in a lot of things, but I very much recognize her from uh, The Blacklist. With James Spader? Yeah. Oh. She plays... <laughs> oh, okay. She plays, essentially, she's, she's a cleaner for... Not David Spader. For James Spader? For James Spader's character in The Blacklist. Oh. Is, uh, uh, is she the secretary in this movie? Yes, she is the oh, secretary. Okay. Yeah, I was trying to think of female characters, and I'm like, that's the one. Yeah, there's like two stuff. female yeah. characters. You have the secretary, and then you have the woman who's downstairs and who was like answering a phone one time. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the female agent that showed up for two scenes or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right, right. But uh, Drew, how, how'd you watch this one? So I swore I had it on like an old uh, DVD, but I was mistaken. So I, I rented it. Um, if I had noticed it when we had agreed to uh, do the uh, do the recording, I probably would have ordered myself the DVD if I had uh, looked. <laughs> yeah, see, it was a four bucks on Amazon for us too. Yeah, I mean, exactly. It's another one. I was like. Maybe I've got it like in one of those multi, like the Nicolas Cage six packs where yeah. it's like face off and trapped I this, in paradise I and been, World Trade Center. Right. I thought this would have been like on 
like Tubi at least. Oh yeah, but yeah. alas, it was not. Yeah, but uh, yeah, we uh, we we press play on Amazon, I guess, or YouTube Woo! or whatever. And uh, oh, Steve, we messed up. It's on YouTube. <laughs> oh, is it free on YouTube? Because I thought it was like four bucks or something. But well, give me one second, and I'll see if this is actually a good. Yep, it's a good copy. All right, well, so it's on YouTube, guys. You're welcome. Hey, you know True what? for the win. But it's also, but it, you know what? I also think that it is worth, you know, the the three ninety nine yeah. for a rental. Honestly. Yeah. Spoiler. I'd say that too. Why oh not? yeah. <laughs> Your mom will love it. <laughs> Your mom will love it. My mom will love it. Our moms love it. Any even any our parent, dog loved it. Any mother over the age of like <laughs> 55, 60 will love a movie with Shirley MacLaine. <laughs> absolutely american treasure yeah so yeah we uh start the movie uh nicholas cage pulls up in his car he's got some breakfast or something um and he's dropping it off at a door and basically saying well here's your breakfast and i'm leaving i thought i'd say goodbye before i left bye everybody bye the two chefs and the butler downstairs <laughs> fuck all y'all <laughs> you know like i quite, fucking love the trouble. fat chef i love him oh, so yeah. much okay so richard griffith is actually not a chef he is the home ner- he's the home uh nurse or oh in- uh, he's okay the, he's the in-house physician uh, uh all right the only chef is the little the little asian man Okay, okay, because so, when we were first introduced to him, he's in the kitchen, he's wearing all white, and he starts speaking French for a little bit, and so I'm like, okay, yeah, he's and he's always be white. with the the little Asian man, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. But if you, yeah, so I I had to kind of like remind myself a little bit and look at him, and if you notice, like the chef is kind of like in a chef's outfit, he almost looks like an orderly that could be found. Yeah, he almost like, looks like a nurse. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and then I note, and then you know, you kind of piece it together. Uh, in a couple of scenes ahead, when he gets into the car, he's carrying a tiny little doctor's bag. Okay. Mm. Thought he was bringing his knives to work. No, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yeah, the, yeah, we see Nicholas Cage. He's got a, uh, you know, just having a nice little breakfast, a little Bloody Mary and stuff, and he's oh, just he's, happy. He's leaving. He's leaving. He's getting on a plane. He's getting the hell out of Dodge. Yeah. And you can see how happy he is to leave. <laughs> yep. Roll credits, guys. What do we think of Guarding Tess? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but he, uh, he gets back to D.C. He's uh, you know goes to the Department of the Secret Service or whatever, and he's basically like, yeah, had an interesting three years there in Somerville, Ohio, on that assignment, and just uh, looking for a more active assignment, you know, get in, getting in there and protecting things, you know, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> oh, what do you uh, think about Mrs. Carlyle? She can be difficult, but, you know, she... Um, she, uh, we, we had an understanding after a while and, uh, you know, worked out pretty good, I think. Yeah, yeah, you know, that kind of thing. Like, oh, really? That's weird. Uh, because, you know, she is the widow of the former president and blah, blah, you know, get a little exposition and stuff in there. <laughs> it's exposition, darling. It has to go somewhere. <laughs> and it's, uh, really interesting because, uh, you know, she, she apparently, uh, called the president last night and, uh, <laughs> apparently she wants you to do another three years and it'd be a great personal favor to the president if you did. <laughs> he's just like no i i can't go back there i can't go back for another three years yeah <laughs> and i love how the, the guy's like 
Well, I mean, you don't have to. I could just tell the president, no, you don't want to do a personal favor to him. And, you know, yeah. whatever will be, will be. But um, your assignment will be drawn you accordingly. Know, you know what? I'm going to go uh, print up some paperwork and stuff. Hey, why don't you think about it while I'm away? <laughs> could, you, could you imagine just like the, the response where he's all like, and what if I say no? He's all like, oh, you can say no. I'll just call the president and tell him that you said no. Right. And you're like, son of a bitch. <laughs> like, Steve, okay, that'd be me... like uh, them saying, uh, hey, Steve, we're going to need you to come back and work on site for another three years. Mm. It'd be a personal favor mm. to the family who owns the hotel chain. <laughs> you know, family. <laughs> like, it's not a conglomerate of real estate. Owners, but, uh, yeah. Yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> it's missing. It's let her self. Sorry, what? <laughs> Which company do I favor to Paris? Are we saying it on the podcast, no, or have we been I, editing around it for a decade? I've been editing around for a decade. Yeah, like uh, we're, we're working back, you <laughs> work back on property. You're like, oh, that's a, uh, that's interesting. Yeah, hmm. I have some uh, remote offers from other yeah. companies. <laughs> I mean, that's, uh, that's that's kind of it, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I've worked in the private sector. They expect results. That's right, but uh, but yeah, then we cut to Nicolas Cage popping up in you know the back back at the house, like uh, everybody's like, oh hey, what are you doing here, kind of thing, and you know we're introduced to Earl the. The butler slash chauffeur, I guess, and the, yeah, the uh, Fred, the I guess live-in nurse, not chef, as I have written down, and uh, and Asian chef. Did we ever learn his name? I... It's like Kenny or something, right? I don't. All right. Well, here I will Google it. You, you gentlemen, continue. Yeah, but uh, yeah, Nick Cage. He uh, you know, takes the breakfast up to uh, Miss Carlisle's room, and oh, uh, it's played by Stephen Chen. His name is uh, Jimmy. 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 I was close with Kenny. Uh, but yeah, uh, takes breakfast up to uh, Miss Carlisle, and she's in there. I, I couldn't tell if she was like cutting coupons or if it was like I, articles from the newspaper. Or I what, think she's. But... I think she's cutting articles. But let's let's also not forget something that's going to play into another scene. He takes the rose that the that the doctor nurse has been, you know, pruning the uh, the leaves and the thorns off of to you know set into the little vase to take up her breakfast. Oh yeah! And he like cracks off the the bud and puts it on like a little boutonniere. <laughs> okay, that's where that came in because yeah, when that came up later, I was like, wait, did I did I miss that? Oh, okay. Well, there you go. Very important, then. <laughs> and, yeah, she she's totally just, like, ignoring him, and then he eventually just, like, pushes some magazines onto the ground and, like, sits on her bed, like, and have a great morning, Miss Carlisle. And, and then, of course, she's like, uh, excuse me, Doug, you seem to have dropped some things on the ground, if you wouldn't mind picking those up real quick. Oh, I, just, I love the attitude that she has, because, you know, he's trying to leave. He's trying, he brought her her breakfast, and she's just all like, Douglas... You seem to have dropped some of my things on the ground. Pick them up, will you? <laughs> yeah. And they get a little, get a little spat. Where it's like, I want to be back at DC's. Why do you want me back here? You're just torturing me. I'm SAIC. I don't know what that is. You know, don't know what that means. No, I don't. You tell me what I know. <laughs> Special agent in charge. 
Steve and I will just reenact the whole film. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and then okay. Super se- uh, it was uh, like it was like 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 secret- spe- special secret agent in charge. Or something yeah. Like that. yeah, it's like super special secret agent in charge. Oh yeah, the SA- yeah special agent in charge. Yeah, she's like, that's great. That's great. You're so special. Um, <laughs> yeah. special. But uh, then she's like, I I have some news. I have a brain tumor. I, uh, you know, I have a Scud missile somewhere on the property, and we're going to the opera in Columbus. Which one of these is true? Uh, I'm guessing the opera in Columbus. Yes, very good, very good. Oh, I missed that. Did she actually say one of the options is I have an inoperable brain tumor? She says brain tumor, but I don't know if she said inoperable. But yeah, yeah, it was definitely like brain, because I wrote them down with brain tumor, scud missile, and the opera in Columbus. Oh, that's okay. Yeah, she says, I have some very exciting news for you. I have an inoperable brain tumor. I have bought you and your men a scud missile launcher, and we're going to the opera in Columbus. Which one of these do you think is true? <laughs> yeah and they they get in a little discussion like oh the opera it's boring blah 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 uh i oh i don't remember pretty exactly how it comes up but he's like uh, she's like you're just un- uncultured you you probably prefer mr ed to the opera drew question for you <laughs> do you yeah. prefer the opera or mr ed well i think it would depend on the opera but i think i'm going to enjoy mr ed more interesting is he uh yeah i think i would enjoy i'm with drew i i i would like the act of going to the opera but really i would enjoy mr ed uncultured swine the both of you steve (laughs) you're watching mr ed what is that what we're watching after murder she wrote (laughs) i only watch fine television (laughs) i am immortal (laughs) now if mr ed were swinging a sword and decapitating other horses i'm in could you imagine the immortal, the immortal Mr. Ed running around? <laughs> you have so like... I've made, I, well, we've been watching this. I've made this joke too, that uh, like, what about like immortal animals? Like, is there just like uh, some families out there in the old country who's like, yeah, my, my grandpa brought this ho- dog home and, you know, we've had this dog for generations in our family and uh, we just tell everybody, you know, it just uh, must be its son. <laughs> Could you imagine like the pairing you have, you know, Duncan McLeod, the immortal, riding the immortal, like, you know, the immortal steed as well. Right? Except, so except the, the, miss- horses, the horses have to, like, stomp their opponents to death. Netflix, unless what he, we're saying is we have ideas. <laughs> <laughs> also, I have a question. And what- we're not part of the Writers Guild. Oh, oh no, I guess my, my question was answered in season one. I was to say, what if they just got shot in the head? But no, he did get shot mm-hmm. in the head in the court episode. Nope, apparently it's the full neck. You gotta, yeah. you must decapitate them, because if we know anything from the original film, The Kurgan, um, you can have a partially cut-off neck and you still live. Yeah, it's called the Pez Dispenser. You can have that and you'll still be just fine. <laughs> also, yeah. also, why are you not walking around with like a giant steel collar all the time? Right. Just throwing that out there. More, right? more Make qu- it the fashion. <laughs> more questions. So, like, if you cut off an immortal's arm... Do you have to gr- have the original arm and stick it back on, or will they just grow another one and the other one just rots and decays? I think that comes yeah. up in a later season, if I remember right, that there's Does a one I can't remember. Highlander can't remember. or something. Yeah. But yeah. did he lose his arm before he died the first time? Because they're not mortal until they die. I don't remember. They're not immortal until they die, and that's how come some of them have scars. 
So that's why you prefer Mr. Red to the opera. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's right. So he goes downstairs after they have their little, little chat or whatever. And he's hanging out with the other Secret Service guys who, I, I don't know, just seem to hang out in one room most of the time. But uh, they're watching on the news and they see there's like an upright uprising in uh, Agua Dolce or whatever the made up country is or whatever. And the president had to be evacuated and they're all like, oh, man, that should have been us. Oh, man, look at those tactics. Oh, that's cool. You know, <laughs> you know, living the dream uh, vicariously through them. And then, uh, yeah, the like the the one lady agent or whatever, like has the message like. Uh, she wants you back up there. She she wants you there for some reason. Like I was oh, just up on. there. It's just there. Told her about like like ten minutes. I gotta see what's going on in the news here. You know, blah blah blah. Drew, what happens? Well, they're trying to watch the news. She's still on the phone and says he needs to get up here right now. And he says, "Tell her I'm busy. I'll be there in fifteen minutes." She go she goes to respond and says, "He said he'll be <laughs> click." And then. You know, Miss Carlyle hangs up the phone, to which then at that point, she sounds the security alarm, <laughs> the, wee, 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 the wee, panic wee, wee. button, <laughs> and uh, the, the um, I think, like, probably the most green of the security detail, even though there's seven of them, uh, yeah. runs up there, goes into the room, he has his gun drawn, which, as we have seen since the beginning of the movie... You don't enter her room with a gun. Yeah, but you leave it on the little uh, little bedside table she kind of has right there right. by the door. Yeah, and she's so. like, "What? Get that gun out of here! You know the rules, that kind of thing." <laughs> and Nick Cage is like, "Why did you sign that off? The emergency alarm is for emergencies only. You it's know, my alarm. I'll do as do with it as I damn well please." <laughs> and I want to play golf, ma'am. It is 38 degrees outside. I don't think golf would be a good idea. <laughs> like my uh, 90s Nick Cage there? Right yeah. You got the yeah. yeah. My, my frustrated Cage. <sighs> so then I'm like, all right. Uh, and she's like, all right, cool. Be ready in 30 minutes. And then we cut to them at the golf course. And I'm like, wow, that is really green for being 38 degrees. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it looked like Southern California. It was great. I mean, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we get a little bit of her playing golf, and, like, she shanks a ball really bad, and is like, uh, Douglas, would you mind fetching my ball for me? <laughs> nope. <laughs> <laughs> and, yeah, I don't know. I, I mean, that's when he does stand up to her, and he tells her, like, if I'm staying on, I'm doing my job by the book, which means that we are here to protect you. We do not go on chores. We do not get late night snacks. I am not a caddy. We are not gophers. So if you want the ball, you can go get it yourself. You didn't really say that to her, did you? It was like, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah like a bar or whatever later. Or the well, diner, I, I love I how she was. threatens him and says, like, you know, you're out of your depth. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah so the diner re- recount with the guys and like, there's no way you said that, right? Like, totally blah, blah, blah. And then someone's like, uh, Doug Chesnut or Chesnick, whatever your name is. Is there someone here by that name? <laughs> Please hold for the president. What? <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doug, it's uh, President uh, Roger, whatever the fuck his name I don't remember, but uh, it's the president here. How you doing? 
Hey, wildest thing, uh, Miss Carlisle, she called me up and said you've been, like, tearing up her roses or something? Like, uh, something about a bunch of roses? Uh, no, no, it wasn't a bunch, sir. Well, I mean, what, how many was there? Uh, just one, sir? I see. And you tore it up, did you? Uh-huh. Uh, no, sir, I, I didn't really tear it up. What'd you do? What'd I, you do to it? Yeah. I removed <laughs> I the bud that... from her flower. Yes, sir. I see. I see. Well, hey, uh, Doug, buddy, uh, can you just try to just, like, get along over there? I, I'm, I, you know, I, I don't know what's going on over there. You got some sort of weird sicko thing going on with her, but she seems to like you, but I, I don't want to be answering these kind of calls. You know what I mean? It's like, you know what? If you don't, if you don't fix this right now, next thing you're going to be doing is guarding my dog. Oh, yeah, that's right. Which I'm like, that sounds like the yeah, best. Yeah, I mean, it gets you back to D.C., right? Or at least like saying, Camp like, David? Or... Wasn't there someone, like, in charge of, like, you know, Obama's dogs? Yeah. And definitely George Bush's because it saved his freaking life. Yeah. You you have to have a couple of people because they have to go home eventually. Yeah, one of them has to hold all those dogs' medals. Yeah. Right? right? And, I mean, <laughs> it, it kind of made it easy. You know, Trump didn't have any pets. So... Mm. Mm. <laughs> Uh, anyway, sorry. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh, still getting over it, but uh, yeah. Anyway, thanks, buddy. <laughs> Click, and he hangs up on Doug, and like, all right, I guess we're going back. So then we cut to the night at the opera, and uh, Queen's playing. No, um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, there's just a lot of like getting ready and like everyone down is like petty obstinance uh, just kind of between the two where she's like yeah. purposely breaking the rules and he's like you must be <laughs> on this side of the car so we both have visual confirmation please ma'am you must enter in this door it's procedure you know that kind of thing you know all that going on I, I you're skipping over like one of the funniest scenes in the whole movie and that's richard oh, right. richard griffiths doing his like back and forth floaty dance oh yes that's <laughs> Because he's the cultured one out of all of the staff. And that's proven on the drive there, but we'll get there in a second. <laughs> yeah, he's just standing around getting ready and you got the little boombox in hand. It's just, it's it's funny because it's it's kind of a callback to like the 90s where you have these these funny little little vignette scenes of like passing between an archway. And it's like, it's like you're just watching little scenes go by, and I thought he was hilarious that way. Also, I was very impressed at like how flighty he was, going back and forth. But I also love when you know he does bring her the dry cleaning. He's all like, "I got your dry cleaning and a whopper," and you're all like, "She is of the people." Yes, yeah. dry cleaning and a whopper. <laughs> also, like throwback to that bag, right? <laughs> I don't know, that's one of the, my favorite things is, like, seeing the pop culture things that have changed, like the soda cans and, I don't know. Yeah. Little Big Mac uh, mm-hmm. boxes and stuff. That yeah, come in exactly. And... Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, so, uh, yeah, after uh, the scene when they're, like, getting in the car and they're just, like, sitting there waiting for one of them to, like, give or whatever for, like, uh, I'm sure it's, like, maybe a full minute or whatever, but it seems like forever in movie time because there's, like, no music, like, right. no nothing. It's just kind of, like, oh, right. looking it's, around, it's staring. It's just, like, you know, like, 10, 15 seconds of silence, like, on a stage yeah. is an eternity. And I just love the other agent in the back car, and he's all like, let her sit on the hood, for Christ's sake, if she wants to. Good <laughs> God. Can we go? <laughs> yeah. 
And uh, you had the opera. We see like I, I don't know. There's like a little, uh, Maharaja or something. I'm like, wait, is this Moulin Rouge? That's the only thing. Yeah, the, the culture that I have within me. <laughs> Love, big uh, big opera goer Steve here. Yeah, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> definitely more than Mr. Ed. <laughs> Although talking dog movies, I've seen a few of those. Yeah, so you love talking animal stuff. Mostly apes. Mostly apes. Is it because Mr. Ed doesn't have any apes? Probably. If Mr. Ed wasn't well, talking... counts. If, yeah. if Mr. Ed was a talking ape instead of a talking horse... Oh. Favorite show? Probably. I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know, babe. If Dr. Zayas instead of Mr. Ed, which would I watch? <laughs> so, if Dr. so if it was Planet of the Horses and it was the Mr. Ape show... <laughs> I don't know. Uh, did we do a Kickstarter for hanging with Dr. Z or was that just my imagination? <laughs> anyway. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so we're at the opera, but uh, we see Miss Carlisle. She's uh, yeah, she's she's falling asleep. It's dark. Uh, she probably doesn't speak Italian. She may get the gist of it, but, you know, like like us watching a Japanese uh, Bond movie without the subtitles, we kind of feel on our own... Uh, our own story from time to time. Uh, check out the Grindbin podcast. Hear about that one. Black Tight Killers. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, she's starting to doze off. And, uh, you know, Doug, he's like, uh, maybe if I just kind of, you know, like trying to like rub her shoulder, like wake her up. But of course that doesn't work. So well, then he like jostles what? her chair. So he, okay. So let's understand all these tiny little things that he does throughout the film. She is inconvenienced by by some, if not a lot. But yeah. every little action he's doing, it is because it's his job. But other stuff is it's all about care for her. And he's trying to like, you know, gently wake her up or even move her out of the line, uh, the line of sight because people across the way are noticing. Yeah, and they're yeah. pulling up their little opera glasses to look over in her direction. And Ooh, she's in a word. box. She's in a box seat. Okay, so she's someone important, and these this is an opera. You're going to have from, like, Joe Schmo, who has money, to, like, you know, the governor. And I think he, he's trying to help, but yeah, yeah. she's she's old, and she gets jostled, and <laughs> yeah, she draws attention to herself. Does a little, ah! like, like, thinking she's falling or something, and, of course, everyone's like, oh, 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 sorry. And then, uh, of course, after the opera, she's like, I've never been so embarrassed, Douglas. How could you? This is... It just whatever he's like oh, i was just trying to help i'm ah. never coming back to columbus <laughs> that's, that's right <laughs> somewhere brant's like yeah me neither no uh, let's, let's never return to an entire city Caesar, <laughs> <laughs> easier you think sometimes no uh but yeah they walk through the door and the crowd's all there and they're applauding like oh oh mrs carlisle mrs carlisle <laughs> and she's like you know what i will <laughs> t- Scratch what I told you earlier. Take me to the hotel. We'll be spending the night here. <laughs> Which Loki is what he's always wanted, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Like, well, it's the plan. Yeah. Yeah. To stay in town? I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, he's like, uh, I, I guess they're at like, the bar at the hotel or something. Some Secret Service agent is like, why are you so strict with her? Just, just don't piss her off. This is, like, going to look bad on all of us. We just, you know, we're just making sure she's safe you know it's not like uh i don't know assassins are constantly after her or something <laughs> like that but yeah yeah the next morning they're uh driving home and i said fuck you dollar 24 gas hey. uh, 
<laughs> and then we get a nice little thing about a written down first lady fights. Like, who would win, Nancy Reagan or Mrs. Carlisle? Yeah. In their prime? Oh, Mrs. Carlisle would knock out Nancy in the sixth or seventh round. <laughs> oh, you guys remember when uh, boxing used to go six or seven rounds? Well, now it goes 12. Does it? Yeah, like every time it's a decision. I haven't seen a knockout in a long fucking time. Okay. I don't know. I feel like when I was growing up, like actually in this time period. Uh, well, the, the Tyson years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was like, like, I remember like a couple of friends, like they would always be a thing. Somebody would rent it on pay-per-view and we would all go to their house. It was yeah. a big thing. And it would last 60 seconds. Like if you got dip for your chips, you missed it. It's hmm. almost like they're planned to go a full uh, hour or so nowadays. It's weird. I mean, it's like the Super Bowl being pre-planned. And if the teams don't agree, then they just turn the lights out. All I'm saying is, this episode is brought to you by... (laughs) I just miss Celebrity Deathmatch. Yes! (laughs) Let's see, First Lady Fights. Uh, Michelle or... uh, um, It's not Ivanka. Melania. Melania? Oh, jeez. Oh, Obviously, Michelle. Michelle. The Russian like... sleeper cell or Michelle Obama? <laughs> oh, Michelle. Mi, mi, look, Michelle. Michelle Scrappy. Oh, she is. Also, she's got those guns. But but has she has she been raised to be a Russian sleeper cell? No, she was raised in these streets. <laughs> See, it's good. <laughs> trying to think of like another good one, but I only know so many. First, do we even know Joe Joe Biden's wife's name? Uh, Jill, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh my God! There's no Jill Biden or Lady Bird Johnson? <laughs> like <Are> today, we... <laughs> Lady Bird. <laughs> now are we? Are You're we saying that because of King of the Hill? Are we saying Lady Bird or Lady Bird King of the Hill? Because I'm betting yeah. on that. I'm betting on that dog. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Lady Bird Johnson or Lady Bird Hill. <laughs> Lady Bird, uh, no. Look, I, I put my money on a coon hound anytime. <laughs> <laughs> okay here's one for you king of the hill fans troy aikman or tony romo get the fuck out of here so guys we watched king of the hill during lockdown right yeah yeah, yeah. and steve had never seen it <gasps> no I, I had seen like two or three episodes yeah not, not a whole oh, no it's yeah. such a it's such an underrated show he's yeah. now seen all of them look and i was... had seen it enough that my secret identity was rusty Shackleford for a while <laughs> but I must have just seen that one episode or something. <laughs> Pocket sand. You mean every episode? Cha-cha-cha. Yeah. But uh, I gotta say, I think you were most surprised by how many football jokes kept Oh, yeah. Up. I'm like, oh, good. They they hate Troy Aikman, too. <laughs> do, do, do I know what... Do I look like I know what a JPEG is? <laughs> <laughs> I just like the, the back-to-back episodes there at the one point where the, the one where they kill Michael Keaton... Yep. And uh, then the one where, like, Chuck Ma- Maggioni or whatever is yeah. lost in the Costco or whatever. He's hiding in the Megalomart, Steve, which is my favorite episode. And suddenly a bunch of the jokes that I thought Steve got, suddenly Steve actually got. Same with, like, a, we found out Steve had never, had never seen the not Utah TV edit. Of um, Blazing Saddles. Blazing Saddles, yeah. and Steve oh, did not get yep. three quarters of my jokes, it turns out. Oh, gosh. <laughs> yeah, Steve knew that uh, it had beans. We literally got a minute into it, and Steve's like, oh, I've oh, never I've seen not this part. Seen this one. No, no. <laughs> like the opening scene. He's like, this wasn't in the version I saw. <laughs> 
So anyway, uh, while they're filling up on gas, uh, Mrs. C and Earl just drive off in their car without any Secret Service agents. <laughs> so yeah, they uh, they chase them down, but you know, or, you know, they lose them, can't find them. Oh shit. They gotta call in the local sheriff. Now, let me get this right. You uh, Secret Service boys need some help with uh, finding an old lady that evaded you? <laughs> Yes, but please make sure I'm not on speakerphone. I'd like to keep this low profile. <laughs> oh, no, I just want to practice my putting while we're talking. <laughs> right. <laughs> now, what can I do? <laughs> so, I'm sure she's going to be right back. Just, uh, procedure says we have to let you know. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, then, uh, eventually, uh, the sheriff brings, uh, Earl and them back. And, uh, <laughs> Nicholas Cage is, like, you know, he's... He's stewing in his own juices. He's just... Oh, yeah. He's been frothing right. for the, three hours yeah. or whatever it's been. Yeah, the other guy's like, Doug, Doug, just calm down. Take take a little walk before we go. Blah, blah, blah. Immediately uh, talks to Earl and uh, like just starts roughing him up. And he's basically like, uh, what the fuck are you doing? Like, look, she pays my salary, man. I'm just here for the job. You guys don't pay me. You guys come and go, but I have to stay here and live here, okay? Yeah. That, is weird. that is weird. Like, so he lives there. He lives there. But if he is, but if he is, I, I think driver. it means like he lives in the town. Oh, like I don't maybe. know if he lives on property, but he lives like in the yeah, town. He, like he does mention the wife and family. And yeah, stuff he he's not going back so. to DC. These guys are going back to wherever they came from when they're. Their oh, stint so yeah, is yeah. I didn't really catch that. I was all like, he lives there. I mean, I guess if he is the sole driver, but then my thought is like, if she always has a Secret Service agent or three on site, like mm-hmm. they could drive her. Yeah, I, I was starting to think, like, maybe he's just, like, the simple cousin or whatever she has a right. job for, you know? But, I don't know. But, uh, yeah. So then, uh, Doug goes to chat with her and basically, like, so, um, you know, you should do that, right? Because she, I had to fire Earl because of this bullshit. And she's like, well, no, 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 that's not happening. No, you don't fire Earl. I tell you who you can fire. Cool. I, I, I think it's a very important scene to note, like, he literally tries to stress the urgency and she also tries to make the urgency a point to him where, you know, he's all like, did you enjoy yourself today? Don't take that tone with me, Douglas. Yeah. It's all like, look at this. It's just stupid. Okay. Which part? The part where I have to run away like a fugitive to get an hour of privacy or the part where I'm spoken to like a child. (laughs) I mean, it's, it's to the point where, it's it's much like when she's leaving the opera and he says like oh you know we're all i was trying to do was help and she said when will you people get that i don't want your help i don't want your laugh no wait <laughs> see that's Marcy blues cut that no. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's 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 definitely a point where it's like look i'm just trying to do it by procedure and she's like well i'm doing what i want and you're just going to have to adapt and he's like cool I well i quit goodbye he's like wait what no no you don't if I... and, you know he's like walking yeah. down the downstairs and stuff and she comes out and like douglas if i if i never pull anything like this again will you stay and he's already like look ma'am i'm just trying to protect you and that's not gonna be the case you get some new guys here and then you can fuck around with them i don't know you know pg-13 but Oh, oh, that's right. He even said something like, I think you like the idea of having seven men at your beckoning call. No, no there's no female agents around here. She's like, how dare you? How dare you? And, you know. 
Well, yeah, because <laughs> she, she tells out. him to, like, you know, loosen up. Like, drive with the top down. Go have a date or something. And he's like, it's regulations. Yep. Like, I'm sorry if I'm trying to do my job efficiently. Yep, and so he, he walks right the hell out. Roll we then credits. Cut, we then cut to Doug on the shitter. Yeah. And, uh... <laughs> Have we seen Nick Cage on the shitter before? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I don't know. In Las Vegas, I'm sure that happens a couple times. Or maybe he's just shitting himself in a bathtub. I, I don't know. I've only seen that movie once, and it was more than enough. <laughs> I love that. Please hold for Air Force One. <laughs> yeah, yeah, please hold for Air Force One. Wait, what? <laughs> and he's hey! like ready to stand up and salute and then remembers what yeah, he's yeah, remember doing. he's on the show like I, he starts hey, to, he starts to stand up he's sitting back down. how you doing <laughs> not too good i'm on my way to london and i should be working on a speech yeah. what's the hell's going on with you mrs carlisle she's a goddamn national treasure and i'm like ah oh, that's the movie wait that's a different movie <laughs> <laughs> Just uh, straighten it out, okay? I don't, I don't want to be getting any more of these calls. Okay, bye. Click. Well, it's, I, I love how like the attitude is is slowly shifting between each time he talks to him. He's all like, you know, the first time he's all like, "This woman is loved by the American people. She backed my second. She was the, you know, she backed my nomination, you know, to become president." And then this phone call, it's all like, "Well, I have to deal with this goddamn Car- Tess Carlisle problem." Now, this yeah. woman is a national treasure. You and I know both what a pain in the ass she is. Yeah. But that yeah, doesn't sweet. count. It's what the voters think. It's <laughs> what the people want. So just make her happy and, you know, enjoy your shit. I don't know. Bye. <laughs> I don't want any more of these calls. I, I do love how, the, like, his line is like, what if someone broke in and slit her throat? Do you know how much doo-doo I would be in? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, because she's refusing Secret Service protection because he yeah. Yeah, he exactly. said if you don't want me here, then just reser- right. Just it's yeah. like you you can refuse service at any time. He's all like, she's refusing service. Where the hell did she get that idea? He's like, I I don't know, sir. I, I don't know, sir. But it technically <laughs> is true that I don't want to hear about that. <laughs> Good. Next time you're in town, come to the White House for dinner. Yeah. So, yeah, so then, uh, you know, he zips up and gets out of there and uh, pulls up to the house. And all the Secret Service guys are, like, locked out of the estate, like, outside the gates. And, uh... Oh, yeah, they're I, like, yeah. uh, I had to put all the... Sh- I had to put all the shotguns in the ha- in, in the station wagon. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's, it's weird how many file boxes there were. Yeah. And I'm like, why? Uh, computers why? weren't a huge thing back then, Drew. Right, but why would they? But still, why would they need that many file boxes for what? So a lot of evidence they were going to burn later that day. Tess Carlyle, <laughs> she uh, she runs She's a spaceship around there. Yeah, <laughs> that's why this by the book Doug is keep keeps getting in on her cartel business. And... <laughs> Yeah, but uh, they're trying to cover the fact that she's immortal. She is. She just happened immortal. to die, you know, at a fairly ripe age, <laughs> and she's she's dealing with it somehow. No, anyway, but oh, the, the 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 chef and the nurse or whatever, they're like, oh, I'm sorry, we've been taken hostage, and she wants like fifteen million dollars and a, no, 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 and no, a no, chopper no, no. and yeah. Frederick, I love because it's it's yeah. it's uh, Richard Griffiths. He's all like, Doug, this is Frederick. I want you to listen very closely. Jimmy and I are holding Miss Carlisle hostage. Here's oh, what right. we want. We want $100 in unmarked bills, a <laughs> helicopter, matching sports coats, and a video cassette of the movie Gigi. <laughs> <laughs> Is it wrong that while he was doing this, I was like, 
This is some sh- shit Drew would do to at his work. <laughs> I'm just sitting there like, all right, now listen up. I have Izzy hostage. I would like nachos, a copy of Paul Blart Mall Cop, and a heated blanket. <laughs> and $20 in non-sequential bills. <laughs> $20. What's the $20 for? Never you mind. <laughs> my reasons are my own. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, they decide, all right, we're just going to defend the perimeter here. You go around back, blah, blah, blah. Time passes. A couple hours later, uh, the gate opens and the car comes out. So they're following the car. And uh, we see it's a... Uh, uh, Tess, she's uh, going out to the hospital, and you know they're like, "This this wasn't scheduled. You know, we need less in the house." And she's like, "Nope, out of my way." And uh, we see that she's getting an MRI, and she's got a baseball-sized tumor in her so, brain. So we so we realized that uh, early on, when, you know, it was true. Yeah, which I is guess... kind of it makes it even more sad when you kind of realize like she can say it out loud, but she has to put it in a manner. To where it sounds like a joke. You know what the worst part of it is, Drew? They didn't have to go to the opera in Columbus that night. <laughs> <laughs> she was just kind of like, "Rip, I guess that's it's what's true." I was. Tr- I was <laughs> that was like her weird way of like informing him or something. Yeah, and she was just trying she to failed, let him or know. He failed, and, and yeah, I'm. Yeah. You know what? I I don't even think. I mean, like, if you if you look at like what her life is. To where even the driver, the driver even said, like, she never comes down into the kitchen. So yeah. either she has another way down those stairs to, like, come out through the back to go to the car, or the driver is completely out of the kitchen, uh, you know, before she ever comes down. Which I don't care. I don't care how long you were there or how long it's been. If someone smokes in that kitchen, you're going to smell that hours later. Oh yeah. So so if it's a rule that you don't smoke in the house, like obviously he does it because he made a whole point about why she never comes down. But like how lonely her life is. Like I think she was just looking for anything. And also when later on we see that she's, you know, reminiscing and watching old tapes and reading through old magazine articles about her life where she said, "I want to go golfing. I want to go to the opera." You know, my husband and I used to do this. My husband and I used to go because also she was the socialite she was the educated one and the husband as the videotape says was like the c-team lacrosse player yeah <laughs> the junior varsity basketball player i think she just and, wants yeah. anything to boy. get out and and actually live yeah well you know hey. luckily her son comes to visit the next day oh what a prick <laughs> drew take it away uh so the secretary going through like a questionable amount of mail. And I mean, I understand that she's recently been the pre or the ex president's, uh, you know, wife. I mean, I can assume maybe the current president is on like a second term or however time has passed because the videotape of her being the president, I don't know there. There's some color in her hair that wasn't there before, but <laughs> the secretary is looking through some mail. She finds a letter. She gives it to, you know, uh, Mrs. Carlisle. And it's from her son, who actually shows up where it's an interesting line where she runs out and she's excited. She's excited to see him. And oh, she yeah. says, like, oh, tell me all about your life. 
which is kind of a weird line for a mother to say to her son, especially, you know, like the former president, former, former first lady to the former first child. And he's not there for a visit. He's there for her to not only write a letter of endorsement, but I think also to like give some money towards this uh, property project that he wants to build these upscale like retirement homes on a golf course, which I think it said, and I mean, I'm sure it was, I'm sure it's pretty cheap at the time in like 1992 where like the lowest costing house was like $800 and the most was, did did he say like 3,400? Like that would be the cost for a month. Something like that, yeah. Yeah, and so she immediately was like, no, you're not getting it. And he was pissed because he was banking on that. You can see from the security footage, he was hoping, and like, that would be her last thing. And, like, how disappointing is that? Like, she's already secluded away. She doesn't get to talk to anybody. She doesn't really get to see anybody aside from her you know, Secret Service people, or even her secretary, who I feel like she doesn't even really talk to her secretary. And the only time that your son comes over, which we later find out they don't really have a relationship, and it's to use her? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mentioned the daughter that, like, we will never see in this movie, and it's like, oh, goddamn. Right. And yeah. it's just, it's sad. It's it's really, it's it's heartbreaking, honestly. Yeah. And this is this is more of, at the point the dramatics this is where i think the drama really starts to unfold you get the lighthearted music is replaced by you know kind of like somber violins and you get a little bit more atmosphere providing like here's the sad part and well actually you know what after the tumor is shown i think that's really where yeah yeah yeah. that's 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 immediately before this yeah Yeah, that's the tonal shift right there yeah, totally. And yeah, then we obviously are watching the video, the news videos with, as Izzy noted, these supremely cut and edited news videos for exposition. Yeah. <laughs> well, they probably made like a compilation tape for her. Yeah. And yeah, but they added the funeral at the end. Well, again, maybe someone made that it, should maybe... be a separate tape. Well, maybe she made it for herself. Maybe she didn't want like. The full service. Maybe she just wants like highlights or I don't know. But she's also watching it almost as if she's never seen it before. But it's clearly a box that she has like shoved into the closet. Because, but she, she because like fast forwards through it and stuff. So right. She yeah, knows yeah. What she, she's, she's seen for. part of it. She's, she's like, all right, get, get to the part I want to see. Right, exactly. And the box. Get to the, that the sweet top. tush my husband used to get, have. Get yeah, to the part like that's that. going to make me sad because I like to hurt myself. Yeah. Well, also, okay, it's so let's make a note of that. So when they're at the hotel after the opera, um, he pulls off the top of the food cart, and it doesn't really look like she's touched her dinner much, but she's finished three mini bottles of Jack Daniels from the mini bar. And yeah. he doesn't like he doesn't say like, "Oh, does she need help?" or whatever anything like that. He immediately says, "Get rid of those." And that's one of those tiny, kind little gestures that she will not know. And it also he's, shows... He's protecting Nick, her image. As, right, exactly. she knows how much that means to her. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, so then uh, 
that night after she watched the exposition, we see Nicolas Cage. He's, you know, outside in the perimeter of the gate or whatever in his car or whatever. He has his coffee. And then we get a first lady jump scare and he throws that coffee all over the fucking <gasps> inside of his car. I love that when he gets out, he doesn't try to get the thermos back. It's continuing oh, yeah. to pour. Yep. He's he's like, whatever, it's, most of it just came out immediately and it's everywhere. So I'll just uh, make sure I get a new car tomorrow. <laughs> right. Well, that's the, and that's the other thing. Like, he suddenly just got out of the car. Like, I mm-hmm. didn't see him turn it off. I didn't see him lock it. <laughs> Yeah, well, just, you know, they're, they're, there's other Secret Service guys watching, I assume. I don't I, know, man. Hopefully, maybe. <laughs> yeah. But then, uh, yeah, I don't know, they start chatting about uh, w- wasting taxpayer dollars on all these Secret Service things. And, uh, of course, he's like, you know, what do we do, we do this to protect uh, people who've given so much and done so much for the country, blah, blah, blah. Douglas, would you like a cup of coffee? Sure. <laughs> and so they go get some coffee and then like if i were to offer you some jack daniels or something like that right like, oh, uh, would you like to to stay and have a beer but then they go to the kitchen she's like i actually don't drink beer just give me a jack daniels yeah well I, that's what i think is kind of cute like the, the 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 clever of the writing is there at that point where she's all like well i came out to offer you a cup of coffee but now that you've clearly you know the coffee's on you and, you know, when they're sitting in the in the kitchen and she's all like, coffee keeps me awake, Doug, even decaf. I'd like to have a drink. And you're like, just say it like already. Like you clearly <laughs> went out there to say, like, come have a drink with me because now I've watched this video. I've seen you at my husband's funeral and I saw how emotionally torn you were when they when they were doing his service which I think, again, gave her some new insight into him. And she's seeing him less of this by-the-book, anal-retentive agent to someone who has a heart. Yeah, has a heart, but is also just dedicated to doing his job and stuff right. like that as well. And kind of meeting on common ground. And then, uh, and then she mentions something like, eh, she talks about like, yeah, my son and daughter, I don't really talk with them. And... Um, you know, my husband cheated on me a bunch, right? Oh. Oh, you didn't know that? He has a wandering dick. Yeah. <laughs> a fickle pickle, that one. Um, no, but he's basically like, oh, okay, well, that'll just be our little secret. You know. And, uh, yeah, then we, then we cut to them at a bar. And <laughs> like, I'm like, wait, hold on. <laughs> and then she's like, hey, tell me about yourself. And uh, he's like, well, not much to say. Got into... You know, Secret Service, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, and you were married for seven months a few years ago? And he's like, so you looked at my file. No, my husband told me, but, you know, it happens. <laughs> it's it's one of those instances in which you kind of realize that the First Lady is oftentimes much more than just, like, you know, the the happy image of the partner. Where yeah, she she's, has she's to, not a trophy wife. She no, she's exactly. a lawyer or you know, right. Yeah. She is the educated one, and she even had like she's telling Doug. She's all like, you know how much my husband depended on me when we were in office, right? Like a lot of things were not him. It was kind of like um, was it was it Eisenhower when he was not able to, uh, you know, do his duties at one point, and basically, um, or was that Roosevelt? Was that Eleanor? It was one of the Eleanor Roosevelt, Roosevelt yeah. where she basically was making 
the decisions. And I, I think this is more to the case that, like, secretly, it was Miss Carlisle who was doing a lot of, you know, the pushing the final decisions and telling him what to say, how to say it, writing his speeches possibly. And, you know, she reflects on the fact that she probably had to be more of the quote-unquote faux pas president than an actual mother. And I think that's just sad. And I think she also sees how much... And I think that that may be a little bit of like a side... A side disdain for someone like Doug, where she's trying to tell him like, go and live your life and stop stop putting yourself through this. Because I think she can see how much it's going to hurt him later on if he dedicates him so much to a job and not actually living his life. Yeah, he'll, he'll regret it down the right. road. Yeah. Well, Drew, unfortunately, we don't have time to worry about that because the president's coming to visit. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. Yeah, she's preparing for that. She goes to the local presidential library there for uh, named after her husband. What was it like James Greer they're, Carlisle or yeah, something like they're, that? Yeah, they're dedicating a new wing. And, uh, you know, the, the director of the library has his ideas about doing it. She's like, well, I think this would be much better, da 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 And he's like, oh, okay, we can we can do that. <laughs> Excellent. His, he didn't want to put much work into it. And you can see how he's all like, oh, I thought we set up a tent. And she's all like, no. <laughs> <You're>... <laughs> no. Your main reception area and dining room will be great. And, you know, we can we can clear out the, I don't know. You're going to have drink, you're gonna have drinks in the opposite hall. You're going to have my husband's portrait as a backdrop. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Then we get a nice little prep montage and uh, you know, a nice little scene where they go to the grocery store and the Secret Service guy's like, you know, price check on sweet peas or some shit like I that. I thought that or... was a cute scene. I thought yeah. that was pretty funny. Oh, they're using all their... Uh... Oh, the walkie talkies. They're, the they're using yeah. They're, they're yeah. using uh. They're they're doing everything like top security professionals, like price check on baby peas, price check on baby peas. Yeah. Then uh, you know, later that night, I guess. Or I I don't know if it's a day or two or past. I don't know what. But a uh, secretary brings a message to the secret Ser- to Doug in the Secret Service, and he looks it over, and uh, he's basically like, "All right, well, you better go tell her." And the secretary just, like, runs away, like, nope, like, I'm out of here, fuck this. Uh, so he goes up and says, hey, um, unfortunately the president is gonna, isn't going to make it because of matters of state. Uh, but the, you know, they're sending the secretary of Congress instead. And, uh, you know, you see she's kind of, you know, just made like, oh, god damn it. But 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 then she's she also She really like, wanted to show off for the president. Yeah. yeah oh, yeah, that's right. She just had her hair... Her hair did and everything, and a nice new dress and all that. And she's like, "All right, well, I guess we'll just have to make adjustments." And blah 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 blah. Thank you, Douglas. You know that kind of thing. And then yeah, she got to the press conference, and she's she's fabulous. She's Shirley fucking McLean. You know, she, yeah. <laughs> she's doing her thing. And then we cut to winter, and I'm like, "Wait a minute, <laughs> time has passed." Um, and uh, she's casually mentions like, "I want to do a picnic tomorrow." And of course he's like, well, it's the, you know, mid December or whatever. Like it's my, <laughs> there may be snow in tomorrow's forecast. And she's like, whatever, make it happen. And I want it to be just you and me. Okay. And then we, uh, yeah, we cut to a little, little tiny 
like well like a three by three table with yeah. a tablecloth little picnic and it looks like it's in a swamp it's basically like lakeside and there's just like yeah. a little hillock kind of behind her and stuff and uh you know it's basically just her doug and uh the driver earl and, she uh, she must be so exhausted if she is one not waking up as soon as he picks her up yeah and also places her in the car i almost thought she was doing it on purpose the first yeah. time i watched it just to kind of like mess with him yeah when i, when yeah, I was yeah. a kid i thought she died yeah i, I, I thought totally thought dead. that too i'm like oh shit this movie I mean, over already <laughs> like you know uh, it would have been so sad but i mean also it would have been i don't know i don't want to say fitting for her but like you know if she could see something again she's outside it's on her own accord She's yeah, enjoying it, it, herself. Beautiful sunset or, right. or I guess a sunrise, I guess, at that point. But, right. Yeah. And then they're like, all right, they're packing up and yeah, you pick her up, throw her in the car. I think my mom always uh, thought she was drunk in this scene because you have the little hints at the drinking. Oh, yeah. Like mm. she snuck some booze. That's why he was the only one allowed to go. She wanted to go sit by the lake and get drunk. He's the only one who knows. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but uh, Doug, you know, he goes to get the the last thing. I think it was like a chair or whatever. And uh, Earl drives off in the car and it's like, oh, God, damn, damn it, not again. You know, like, uh, like you know, she's she was faking being asleep or whatever. I was like, all right, Earl, hit it. Let's go. Yeah. Let's, uh... <laughs> Punch it, Earl. And I'm like, that, I mean, th- they spent the last 20 minutes of this movie making her like a sentimental figure. You know, like, oh, yeah, they're really bonding and becoming friends and blah 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 and she pulls something like this but she calls the house and uh tackle barrier or whatever he's like no no they haven't come back what do you mean how long has she been missing two and a half hours I'm like oh shit well he had to <laughs> walk <laughs> back <laughs> from the forest yeah yeah yeah, yeah, to, yeah to exactly. like a service station <laughs> uh so yeah basically you know he ends up he, wait, they like wait another hour and they end up calling dc a uh, new team comes in at the airport, brought in. You know, the president's obviously concerned because former first lady's uh, missing. Yeah, they don't know any details. And, yeah, he, he, you know, Doug, he's, like, explaining to, like, the new team, like, what happened and, you know, why, blah, blah. He, he's just more like, no, sir, yes, sir, like, that kind of thing to it. And then there's the one guy with the mustache who's just like, you seven secret service agents lost a goddamn old lady. You disgust me. That that annoyed the shit out of me with like that yeah. kind of comment. And I mean, yeah. like, what else? And I and you almost respect Doug, but also kind of are like, dude, punch him in the face. You almost respect him where like all his lines or most of his lines since the drive and you know in the house has been, yes, sir. Yeah. Yes, sir. And it's like, yeah. dude, don't show up like halfway into a panicky situation. And then insult the people who brought it to your attention and are trying desperately to get her back. Yeah, like, you, you don't want to call out the other Nick Cage where he's like, <laughs> Why don't you just back up off me, a-hole? I always found it weird that, like, they went out there and, I mean, maybe it was in the car. But it's 1992. Cell phones were a thing. Oh, it's 94 even. Like, yeah, like there's... Well, there, it's and, 19... and, and trust me, there's a, there's a tracker in the fucking car at all right, times. There's, so yeah. it's 94 when the movie came out, but it's 92 in the film. Oh, okay. Because remember yeah. when he, when she gets the facts from the president when he's not coming, the fax says 1992. Oh, <laughs> also facts. 
<laughs> fun facts, super fun facts, because of fun, fun facts. <laughs> but, uh, uh, but yeah, yeah, basically they uh, found the car. Uh, Earl, he was apparently knocked unconscious, but there's no test. Holy shit, we have a kidnapping. Well, and there was a there was a syringe underneath the driver's seat. Yeah. That had a what did he say? I forget what he said, but basically whatever the two chemicals Touch mixed could knock out an adult male within ten seconds. A high enough dosage could knock him out for hours. But uh, yeah. Oh, and that's right. They also mentioned the uh, there, there's also like two little crescent shaped burn marks on the the driver's neck. And that's a that's a brand of the Taliban, you know, it's a terrorist organization or something we like think that. It's, yeah, we think it's a yeah. terrorist organization. Yeah, and I'm like, okay, so it's not. Let's just <laughs> let's just calm down. Ninety four. <laughs> mm, ketamine and Ativan was in the syringe. Um, oh, so tame by today's standards. Oh. And then uh, this is also where uh, Doug finds out, like, oh yeah, did you know she had an inoperable brain tumor? Hmm. Okay, I know, isn't cool. that, I, that seems so weird to be, just be glossed over. Yeah. He's all like, no one know that? Okay, well, uh, you guys can go home, and we're going to need this office. And you're like, dang, can you let that settle in? Like, people well, have been like working Like, from here. his point of view, though, like, the yeah, Secret Service like, didn't do their job, and yeah. she's been kidnapped. He, he's come in to be know. a fixer. He's like, all right, yeah, cool, brain and, tumor, oh, so you guys didn't even You guys didn't fast. even know about her, her main health problems, yeah. and she's taking her medication? Okay, you guys really dropped, uh, dropped the ball. I'm wondering if Richard Griffith's character as the doctor knew. You know what I mean? Like the nurse. I I wonder if he knew and he... I mean, I would just assume he had I, to. I, but... I assume he did know, but, but he was sworn, sworn to secrecy yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Possibly. Well, then, then again, well, yeah. I mean... He he wasn't like at the hospital when doing the MRI and stuff. Like he's the home nurse, like just making but, sure or whatever. But but he's the one handing out the medications. He knows what the medication is. True, true. Whether or not she told him, he knows what's up. Unless he's kind of just getting it from the main doctor yeah, at the hospital or something. Like yeah, yeah. He'd yeah, be, but he'd be getting the medication. Well. Yeah. So yeah, like, yeah. even if the doctor was like, "Hey, uh, she told me not to tell you what it is." He's a nurse. He's trained. He knows those pills aren't sugar pills. You would, yeah, yeah. you would think that he yeah. would at least be kept up to some type of. Yeah, he needs to know, know what like, to look he needs for. To if things know. Are going yeah, wrong. like what if yeah. she? Yeah, true, true. Okay. What if she ODs on something, and he's supposedly there to just make sure she takes her dizzy pills and to keep her diet in check when when one of the secret agents brings her a whopper. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, and there was also a note in the glove compartment uh, saying they want $15 million. $15 million. Yeah, and unmarked bills, uh, a chopper, uh, matching suits. No, wait. <laughs> 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 like, wait a minute, where's Frank? That's Frederick. <laughs> Frederick, Frederick. <laughs> I, I, I also love the, it is, this is probably where there is like the slight prejudicial racism kind of tone to where they're all like, What's that nonsense about Middle Easterns here in, in terrorists? Can you can you imagine a bunch of Arabs slipping into slipping around Somersville unnoticed? Yeah, well, yeah. And you're like, oh, okay. And you're you. like, all right, we're we're gonna do that. I mean, kind of have a point, but at the same time, there's other ways of putting it. Yeah, like uh, you know. <laughs> but uh, yeah, the, uh, yeah. There's some questions about the scene and stuff. Is he, and then yeah, Nick Cage is leaving or D Doug's leaving. And then he, 
uh, notices a cigarette lighter or something. The guy pulls out the cigarette lighter and starts lighting it, his cigarette. Oh, yeah, yeah. And yeah, that's, that's when that's he's right. all like, hold on. And then he, you know, flips the car around. Yep. And then we get to the hospital and uh, Earl, he's in the hospital bed. And uh, the, the, the new, I guess the new lead agent or whatever there, James Reborn and uh, mm-hmm. uh, Nick Cage, they start questioning him. And uh, I love how they basically just like, so tell us well, like, what happened again. And uh, <laughs> and as I ran down, how'd it get burned? How'd it get burned, Earl? How'd you get burned? That, that was already in my head. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why is it burned? <laughs> yep. And then, and then they just kind of like stare at him. And, and he's just like uncomfortable and it's like uh, he just starts like spilling the beans like well, i mean I, I shouldn't be the one being questioner i mean he's the one that took him out in the middle of nowhere and he and, was like and, he's and like he trying hates, to pin on doug he hates her isn't that isn't that right a- a- agent dougie right right like, like, do, like, do not use cute pet names we are not on that level yeah <laughs> yeah and uh yeah you know like they, they they both suspect him obviously like even james Rubber, he's not falling for it he's like oh, okay yeah he's trying to pin this on you that's that's interesting uh so where is she earl what i don't know what you're talking about blah 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 and then <laughs> and then nick cage pulls a fucking gun <laughs> it was yeah. like where the fuck is she earl <laughs> and i like how the other agent's like doug doug just put that down god Damn it. He's like, like closing the door of the room and stuff. Like, put that down. You can't do that. Anything he says, we couldn't even like, you know, use in court or whatever. And I'm like, eh, I don't think that's going to be a problem. This uh, is this is the point where certain things kind of like fall out of order. And <laughs> there's a bit, there's a bit of stuff that one, this doesn't make sense, and uh, two, some stuff needs to be explained a lot more. So, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's... Nick Cage, Nick Cage firing a gun in a hospital. Yeah. I don't care if he's Secret Service. I don't care if he's standing with the director or like the you know chief in charge from the FBI. No, Nick Cage is being taken out of that hospital in handcuffs. Yeah, he he shoots Earl and shoots like his toe off basically. <laughs> he's he's like, I'm gonna count to five. He's like, he didn't count. He didn't count. And and then then the reveal. It was my sister and my brother. Like my brother-in-law, they they got her. She's out on a farm. A farm? Ah, it's the truth. It's the truth. Yeah. This is where I'm like, how? How did this happen? Because if they would have just taken, and let's be generous. Let's say tiny little things could have been seen here. Maybe we show Earl um, at that same diner, like in the background, sitting with people. Or whatever, like if they added an extra 10 minutes to explain how this could possibly have been planned or set up. You know what I mean? Yeah. The whole kidnapping. Because. Yeah, but 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 then it's also, I, I don't know. It, it, if you explain it ahead of time, it's like a murder she wrote kind of thing. Where it's like, yeah. you explain it ahead of time. Like, you can already kind of piece it together. Where it's okay, like, you then, be surprised. Then, like, show, then show flashbacks of like, you know, him saying like, what do you mean on a farm? Or, you know, maybe when they're, like, taking the time to, like, dig her out of the hole. Because that's time. Yeah. That's yeah. a deep hole. And you know, I'm, tr- I'm trying to remember when uh, when Earl talks about trying to keep his job and he has wife and kids. Did he mention that he had, like, other family nearby that he was supporting? No, like he that? didn't mention yeah. anything like that. So, I mean, like... Yeah, they I mean, should that's... have at least mentioned that, like, he... Like, when he was about to be fired, he definitely should have been like, no, I got a wife and kids, I got a brother and a, 
or you know, I, I got a brother and a sister in law who are about to lose their farm. Like right, something something like you yeah. know, like they've got her, they've got her, they've got her. I mean, it's it's an eight foot hole, okay, and in that eight foot hole, you got like a pine, but let's just let's assume it, it's a coffin or something. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, yeah. you have a big enough hole that you have secured an air pipe, fitted it, threw her down there, un- drugged her unconscious, and then buried it eight feet deep. Like yeah, for, for this, 30 hours. I'm like, this yeah. is okay. time and effort. And yeah. I think just, yeah, yeah. I think even a little bit of explanation of how that's set up and why I think would have added a little bit more uh, to the story, obviously. But yeah. I think given it some credibility. You, you mean to this rumpus comedy that we've been watching for the right? last hour and <laughs> okay. 20 minutes? Yeah. I mean, this is the dramatics, obviously, in the film. Yeah, the past but, 30 minutes of it. Right. Yeah. But also, the irony for Nick Cage's character is, like, he wants the rough-and-tumble job of, like, secret agents who, you know, he saw, or the special agents, the Secret Service, the people that he saw on the news, you know, they're wearing flak jackets, and, you know, they got the high-powered assault guns and whatnot. Like, he wants that action. But unfortunately for him, when that action comes to his door in some form, it's to someone whom he truly cares for. And yeah. it's now it's it's an emotional connection, not just because he can do a badass job. It's the emotional connection, too, because when he's after he's about after he fires the gun off at Earl's foot, you could you see his face. You see the tears coming down his face. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah he's not messing around. But, yeah. Um... Yeah, so yeah, they they raid the farmhouse. Uh, you know, they find the bro- the sister and the brother in law or whatever. Uh, they're like, "You buried her! You fucking buried!" Her. They like end up digging her out, and eventually they find yeah the box underground. Peek in, there's like no response from her, and they're like, "Give me a power saw!" Like cut her out of there. They end up taking her to the hospital. You know, loan her up in the chopper. And the chopper that... just pulls off, and they're like leaving the old SS, or you know, the Secret Service guys behind. And oh, I know how dickish was that? Like that yeah. whole thing. But I think at the moment that made me, like honestly, and maybe it's just today being like an emotional day. But like when he, when they're getting her out of the box, and he says, "You get soap, towels, and a change of clothes." No one sees her like this, and I'm like, yeah. "God yeah, yeah. damn it, Nicholas Cage!" Yes. That guy's like, going to win an Academy Award in less well, than a I mean, year. If anything, like, you know, supporting actor or something for something. Like, I mean, I think Shirley, I want to say Shirley MacLaine, maybe. Was she nominated for, like, a, a Golden Globe or something? But Save it for fun facts. <laughs> oh, I wasn't sure or not. <laughs> no, okay, yeah. She, for this role, uh, she was nominated for a Golden Globe for Best Performance by an Actress in a Motion Picture okay. uh, in the category of Comedy or Musical, which this is both, right? <laughs> uh, but yeah. she lost out to... Wait for it. Academy Award winner Jamie Lee Curtis for True Lies. Oh, mm. shit. Fun fact. <laughs> Ruined by Drew. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's all good. Uh, but yeah, so yeah, the chopper flies off and, you know, Doug's with the rest of the team down there just like looking up like, well, at least she's going to be okay, blah, blah, blah. And then the chopper starts coming back down and I'm like, oh no, engine malfunction. <laughs> Crash! Boom! <laughs> Roll credits, guys. What? No, but uh, no. Is there comes a back. Doug Chestnut yeah. here. Doug yeah. Chestnut. Uh, Chestnut, that's me. That's me right here. <laughs> and uh, yeah, they basically pick him up, and yeah, the um, they're like, yeah, apparently she's insisting on her Secret Service details. So they all switch out and fly off. 
And then, uh, yeah, we see, like, Doug and Tess, they're, like, like hold hands a little bit, and, you know. Oh, that's, that's right, like, at the hospital, they're, like, holding hands or whatever. And uh, <laughs> she, she like, comes to, you know, like, the eyes slowly opening and taking the little thing off her mouth, like, how long did it take for you to figure out who it was? Oh, no, it was, how long right. did it take for you to figure out the cigarette lighter? Yeah, yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> and he's, like, 22 hours, and she's, like... Ugh, you're slipping. I heard you shot a man, though. Shot him in the toe. Uh, after Ugh. all that practice. Yeah. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, then, uh, yeah, sometime later, uh, you know, the president calls Tess and, uh... So she's, she's basically saying, like, um... Oh, oh yeah, yeah, she, yeah, she, right. she calls the president like, hey, you know, Doug, I want him to be taken care of. He's such a great guy. And even if, you know, something happens to me or whatever, I want your personal assurance that he's going to be taken care of. And right. The president's like, yeah, of course, of course. Yeah, anything for you. <laughs> he's like a he's like a son to me, Harold. I want him yeah. taken care of, you understand. Yeah. And then uh, and then the orderly shows up the wheelchair like, all right, ma'am, got to get in the wheelchair. It's procedure. Drew, <laughs> I, what happens? I love her. I love her responses. What is this? Oh, it's your wheelchair, ma'am. I can see that, but I'm not going to be using it. Uh, no, ma'am. It's it's kind of like procedure. You're going to sit down in the chair, and you know we'll take you out of the hospital. I would much rather walk on my feet with my own steam out of the hospital. But the rules and regulations. <laughs> oh, the rules. Rules and regulations, young man. You are so, you are not something I am fond of. And I love just <laughs> Nick. I love Nick Cage going like, all right, calm down. You know, the rules and regulations, they aren't really that sacred, are they? And he's like, he, he gives the face of like, I'm just doing my job. Like, like dude, I'm an orderly. Like, and then I, I, I love, I yeah. he turns her and is all like, and Tess, get in the goddamn chair. And then she just, yeah. then she pats him on the hand. You're going to be just fine, Douglas. <laughs> yep. So then, uh, yeah, they go through the doors, a bunch of news and everything's waiting for them. There's ruckus applause, and she's blowing kisses at everybody, like, oh, yes, hello, hello, I'm back to being socialite. Roll credits. Do, 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 Guys, that's Guarding Tess. Drew, would you recommend this movie? I, You know what? I definitely would recommend this movie, at least for one watch. And if, if it's something maybe you want to watch with your mother on Mother's Day, that could work out well. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, babe, how about you? Oh yeah, this is everybody like should watch this just because it's a it's a sweet little movie. And come on, you got to fill out your your Nicholas Cageography. That's right. This is um, true. Yeah, but yeah, it's this is like the perfect movie to watch with somebody older. You want to watch something like unoffensive that's entertaining for everybody. It may not be your favorite movie of all time, but this is definitely like just like an easy crowd pleaser. Yeah. yeah. Um, as for me, um, I have a new worst Nicolas Cage movie I've ever... No, I'm just kidding. No, they're like... <laughs> no, it's weird to think, like, Amos and Andrew or whatever was, like, probably right before this, or, <sighs> I don't know, maybe Trapped in Paradise was thrown in there somewhere in the middle, but... Oh, yeah, Trapped this, in Paradise. It, it's fun. Yeah, watch it with the fam. Why not? It's... Yeah. If, if you like a time back when, uh, anything presidential was kind of funny instead of just absolutely... <laughs> heart wrenching yeah i mean go back to 1994 there was a guy getting blowjobs in office and it wasn't causing international incidents think about it <laughs> uh. so anyway on that note <laughs> take a quick commercial break 
and we're brought to you by uh anyway uh guys they basically they they took back the student loan thing we all knew it was gonna happen uh the time of this year recording the time of this year recording is still fresh but it's like God damn and, it! And yet, they, I, I, and they, we knew and, it was going to happen. It still pisses me off. They referenced the uh, uh, the, the French, French Revolution. Revolution. Yeah, it's almost like they want to be guillotined. Yeah. Speaking mm. of Highlanders, <laughs> hey, you know what? Student loans taken away. People are you know able to fake fake or they're they're able to fake a uh, an imaginary gay couple that uh, wanted something made but they didn't want to make it. So a they web could, designer. A web web, they didn't want to build a, a website for a gay couple, and Ooh. so they don't have to. So let's so. invent a gay couple that wants a website made for their wedding in order to get a prejudice law passed. Yeah, Good but that job. also, I, what I, the what I figure that means is I can put a big sign up at my business that says, uh, anyone who voted for Trump, not welcome here. Well, it's supposed to be, you know, based on religious beliefs. Oh, I believe that anybody who supports the Republican Party at this point is basically a cult. And cults are considered religions in this country. Just ask the Mormons. Shots I mean, fired! I, I mean, here's me, the thing. Let me anything, lean out the window here real quick. Anything that is technically following in the footsteps of, like, ultra-conservative, MAGA, white nationalists kind of, like, attitude... You can say it's against your moral code in a, in a religious nature, and you don't have to support anybody who is actually acting that way. So yeah, done. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. I, yes. I'm so I'm just confused at the fact that like if it was a fake couple that supposedly mm -hmm. brought about this whole problem, how could it get that far to vote on if they didn't exist? Because they wanted it to, they needed it on the books to erode our rights. But that makes so that because how? it's a shadow True. government full of conspiracies. True. This is how things happen. Come on, you make shit up until they're true. It's the I secret. I don't like it. I don't like it. Nobody likes the secret. Drew, what I'm all <sighs> I'm saying is we all got to get in better shape so that we can go and burn the government down. That's right. <laughs> so on that mm. note. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> we'll take a quick commercial break. When we come back, oh man, fun facts <gasps> from 1992. <laughs> <laughs> fun facts and Anarchy Raids! Yes! <laughs> Look, I'm just saying, zombie apocalypse, y'all follow me. I think I've got a good chance of surviving. <laughs> All right. Fall, cla Look, collapse of society. I've got some, This is where my life skills may actually shine. And what we learned from guarding <laughs> tests. <laughs> <laughs> you guys ready? Let's yeah. do it. I feel like we got off of the rails there for a second. Yeah, yeah. yeah sorry. Maybe it's the rails we wanted. Look, babe, just because I want the collapse of society doesn't mean we have to stop doing the podcast. Well, you're getting there. <laughs> hey, everybody. Are you looking for the perfect stocking stuffer for the holidays? Do you like supporting the arts? Well, then you need to check out untidyvenus.etsy.com, the top one-stop shop that always pops her top. Are you a fan of dinosaurs? Snacks? Dinosaurs made out of snacks? Movie monsters? Unicorns? Cats? Dogs? Rats? Shrimp? Pokemon? Tie-dye? Paracord bracelets? Paracord dog leashes? Enamel pins? Coloring books? Block prints? Watercolor? Pet portraits? Buttons? Magnets? Stickers? Bottle openers? Artist trading cards? Or really anything else that's awesome? 
then stop on by untidyvenus.etsy.com. That's a goddess who's bad at housekeeping.etsy.com. New items are popping up all the time, so be sure to follow her on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, or Patreon at untidyvenus. Or visit her website at izzycreates.com for the latest. Did I mention the Snackosaurs? How about Gary the Unicorns? Untidyvenus.etsy.com, the goddess who's bad at housekeeping. Check it out now. I love the smell of movies in the morning. There's no feeling in podcasts. There's no feeling in podcasts. This podcast will be quite operational when your friends subscribe. Feels. Real feels. Not the feels. Not the feels. Out of all the podcasts I've encountered, Real Feels was the most human. Hey, it's Drew. And Nathan. And Jack. Hey, guys, and we're the Real Feels Podcast. We come to you every other Wednesday with a brand new movie of a different genre every single time. So make sure to catch us on iTunes, Podbean, and any other podcatcher out there. You're the realist. And the feelist. Come to Yeha. Hey, everybody. Join us for our next Podcart Fest, a celebration of podcasting and art. With so many incredible artists of all kinds being affected by the pandemic and shutting down of festivals in general, uh, we wanted to bring them together to one incredible virtual festival and give you the opportunity to interact with them directly in their virtual booth, uh, witness them demonstrate their marvelous skills on our live stream, show off some of their new products in their shops, and just have a great fun time in general at Podcart Fest. For the latest information, please follow us at Podcart Fest on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Podcart Fest. That's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T. Where you can stay up to date on which podcasters, crafters, actors, painters, directors, creators, and more will be featured. Oh, did I mention it's free? Because Podcart Fest is free. So you can pass that admission fee right along to an artist who needs your help in these desperate times and have a bunch of fun with some amazing personalities while getting some unique gifts and art for yourself or a loved one. Uh, see you soon at Podcart Fest, hosted by Everything I Learned from Movies. Hey, Stephen Izzy, it's your old pal Mark Summers from the Nickelodeon Days, Double Dare, and many other shows. But uh, I'm here to say, Everything I Learned from Movies is unbelievable. What a great job you guys have done. Please tell me you don't feed Twinkies to the cats. And we're back. Oh my god, Steve. This was the greatest ad that ever added in the history of adding. Oh, she's added. They get better every week. They're better than the SCOTUS. <laughs> Which sounds like an under part of male anatomy. The scrotus. Like, like it's like, what's between? What's that little section of skin between the taint and the butthole? That's the, the scrotus. Oh. <laughs> it's it's like the back teeth. It's like your molars that collect food that just collects pieces of shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, what's that shit that gets stuck uh, behind your molars, like between your molars and your windum teeth? Oh, that's scrotus. Ring <laughs> No. Well, What's babe, that speaking shit of, that comes out of your nose? What speaking you of delicious things like that, babe, I'm thirsty. Oh, well, that's good because I'm actually still sober. Mm. Despite my ranting. <laughs> I mean, Just wait till I get drunk. Right. We have from you into brewing Lime Pilsner. Ooh. It's Pilsner with lime juice. It is 5% alcohol by yeah, volume. Yeah. <laughs> Gonna pop this top. Ooh. My top. Nice. And the pour. Beautiful, clear, uh, or sorry, uh, very, very pale beverage. Has just a little hint of cloudiness, I'm guessing, from the lime. A little cloudiness, probably from lime. Whoa, it (laughs) smells like lime. Like, I'm drooling just sniffing it. Thanks to the cottonwood, I can barely sniff. (laughs) Yeah, this one's a little strong with the lime, I think. I mean, uh... Ooh, this is more like the one we had uh, on draft. Yeah, Roosters or whatever. Yeah. Um, It's, uh... 
Yeah, but yeah, it's a kind of acidic. The lime is really overpowering, but it finishes with like a little bit of that like a uh, biscuitiness. Yeah, yeah, it's a little better than like a Corona with lime or anything like mm-hmm. that. But but yeah, that's basically what they're going for. Just nice, smooth, easy drinking. Mm-hmm. This one's just a little too acidic for me, but I I, I can see its appeal. Some people yeah. like that stuff. You know, yeah. what? I think really icy cold would help mm. cut down some of the acidity on this. I can see that. We're drinking it here probably about 60 degrees. Yeah, the room temp, basically. If we got it, yeah. like, if we got it down to, like, 35 degrees. Mm. Uh, Stop, Drew, Steve, Drew, you can only get so hard. Drew, you still enjoying that weather? <laughs> or the, that weather? That uh, that water? Oh, uh, the, the water um, is water. is now gone. I actually, I turned around, and I grabbed one of my tiny little, little old smoky moonshine uh, <laughs> bottles. Since, since Izzy got me talking about... The government, yeah, the government, damn government. So, so I'm, government I'm, drives me to drink. I'm sipping on Old Smoky Moonshine Blackberry. Ooh, nice. I'm sorry, mm. I didn't mean to anger up the blood. Oh no, it's okay, it's okay. This one, uh, <laughs> it, it's not my favorite of the tiny little, you know, uh, old Old Smoky Moonshines. It it tastes like if Dimetap wanted your lunch money. And, uh, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> so. But so what you're saying bad. is it's a good one to spite drink? Oh, yeah, a spite drink. I might mix it with, like, a rock star later or something. <laughs> <laughs> well, would either of you be interested in any fun facts about this movie? Hell I yeah! I don't know, Steve. Are they fun facts? Super fun facts? Because they're fun, fun facts. I mean, well, I think they are. Let's find out. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes. Drew, what do you think the critics thought of Guarding Tess? I'm going to say the critics gave it 58. All right. Is he? I remember people liking this, but it might have just been the people in my family. I am going to go with 72. Drew's closest 56 with the critics, 47 with the audience. So hmm. the critics had a little higher than the audience. I, I remember that Siskel didn't enjoy it, but Ebert did. So I found that just like Carnosaur. <laughs> Just like, just like Carnosaur. Those are our standard guidelines. <laughs> That's right. Uh, $20 million budget, worldwide gross, 27.1. So, yeah, a little bit of a flop. But okay. It happens. But it was on, you know, USA and stuff like that all the time, I'm sure, you know. Uh, stars Shirley MacLaine and Nicolas Cage became great friends while filming due to their mutual love of animals. And here's the kicker. They would go on to co-adopt many animals together, including a ferret named Whiskers and a zebra named Mr. Zed. Oh my. So apparently they both prefer Mr. Zed to the opera. There, I said it. Ah! Uncultured swine! (laughs) Steve, name three operas. Uh... Madame Butterfly. (laughs) Kill the wabbit, kill the wabbit. The voice of the U.S. president was provided by the film's writer and director, Hugh Wilson. Hey! hey. There you go. And also, okay, George Clooney auditioned for just one line in this movie, but it never made it to the screen. What? What role would that have been? Could it have been... Secret Service guys or something? Or I mean, maybe? Or... It so it had to have been auditioning for a line, but if it's if it's if it never made it in, then he was never on camera. So maybe he was the phone call 
from like Air Force One or something? Yeah, maybe. <laughs> like, please hold for the president. I'm George Clooney. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's he's the president's uh, secretary or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting. But yeah, there you go. But now we've reached the most important part. <gasps> what did we learn? <gasps> From guarding tests. Uh, Drew is our guest. Would you like to go first? Sure. Uh, so I learned that apparently if you bring a former first lady a Whopper, you get to keep your job. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Michelle. No. Um, <laughs> how about you, babe? Um, I learned that uh, first ladies love to drink. Makes sense. <laughs> Yeah. Um, what did I learn? I learned uh, SAIC, a special agent in charge. Very special very, agent in charge. That's right. Very important. Uh, also, I learned a great interrogation technique is just stare at him for a while until they spill the beans. And then uh, when they realize they fucked up, pull a gun and blow off one of their toes. Woo! With or without counting, that's up to the up to the situation. Yeah. Look, yeah. some people deserve a count. Some people don't deserve a count. That's right. That's true. <laughs> Look at you, Austin Pendleton. (laughs) Drew, thank you so much for joining us here on Everything I Learned From Movies. Um, I understand you also have a podcast? Yeah, I do have a podcast. It's it's called The Real Phil's Podcast. It's where myself and my good friends Nathan and Jack, we review a movie every two weeks, and uh, we base it on a different movie genre every single time so you're definitely going to get a brand new movie a different movie genre and you know just three friends gathered together loving on some film just make it love (laughs) and you can uh, find us on any podcatcher you know search instagram facebook for the real fills podcast twitter at real fills pod there you go there you go uh babe are you on social media at all I am. You can find me everywhere at Untidy Venus. It's like a goddess who's bad at housekeeping. (gasps) I'm on all the social medias at Untidy Venus. You can find me over on my website, izzycreates.com, and on my Patreon at Untidy Venus. Steve? Nice. Yes. Where can we find you? Oh, you can find us everywhere on all the major podcatchers under everything I learned from movies. Or hit us up directly on Twitter, Facebook, and Patreon at EILF Movies. That's everything I learned from movies. Uh, I don't know if we might as well announce it now. Why not? Guys, <gasps> you remember Podcart Fest? Podcart Fest! It may be coming back. Woo! That's right. That's right. It's going to be a little more focused on the city of Ogden and the local Arson Collective you, and stuff almost, like that. But... Almost like we'll have an actual physical location? Yes, it's going to be great. <gasps> are we still going to live stream it? Well, of course we are. So everybody can be involved. We're <laughs> We want all the eyes on us at all times. We're like a former first lady just looking for <laughs> some attention. Oh, she'd no. have a TikTok. <laughs> oh, hell yeah, she would. But uh, yeah, for more info, follow us, of course, on Facebook, Twitter, and possibly Instagram at PodCartFest. That's P-O-D-C-A-R-T-F-E-S-T. Podcasting and art. PodCart! PodCart! (laughs) Uh, So yeah, I guess until next time, I'm Steve. And I'm Izzy. And I'm Drew. And this is Everything I Learned From Movies. Have a good night, everybody. Bye, everybody. Bye-bye. I am immortal. <laughs> I have inside me blood of kings. I am your rival. No man can be my equal. 
Take me to the future of your world!